But, but yeah. yes, uh, speaking of smelling like a wild animal, I do have a story. Um, I thought I had told you this, but since I haven't, then you're in for a fucking treat. There's a gentleman um, that works at my office, and um, he is a large gentleman. And I don't just mean like fat, I mean tall and fat. And he looks like um, he looks like Tor Johnson from like Plan Nine from Outer Space. He's just like a big, like his face almost looks like a baby, you know, like big mm-hmm. fat bald, like almost like a baby. But when he walks, he looks pained, like like he's gonna confront you in an alley and like mug you, like that beady eyed, like angry fat guy look. But he swings his body left to right, like his momentum, like forward momentum. But he also smokes, which I really fucking detest that because in my book, if you're gonna be that big then you shouldn't smoke. You should pick a fucking lane and stick with it. Like seeing a big, 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 like chronically big person smoke is offensive to my eyes. Right, you get one. Pick one, right. Like either eat for breakfast or smoke. Don't do both. But he's always out in that parking lot smoking and he drives this like really like baby blue charger. Like he's one of those guys that clearly like has to have something with a Hemi in it or whatever. He's one of those guys that prides himself on barely fitting in a nice car. But he's always got. He's always sitting out there. But it rumble good. <laughs> yeah. Don't he, need no backseat. You have no, no, no. He's always got the door open though, and you can see coming from the front door because he's always in the same spot. Like he prides himself on the same parking spot. It's not even a nice one. No, it's one of those things. Yeah, just one of those things where like this is a point of like integrity for my character. But I always see that door open, and there's smoke coming out of it. He's always like sitting out there ripping cigs, like not in the car, but hanging out of it. And every time I'm coming out the front door, because I usually park kind of close behind him, I start making like Bigfoot noises. Like, I'm I, sorry, what are Bigfoot okay, noises? Okay, I'll do it. So when I'm coming out, I do it. Okay, I've been told this before too. Like, you know that people can hear you when you're saying things. I know you've corrected me on this, and it's like, I don't give a shit. I mean, they don't know that I'm doing it directly about do them. You, do anybody know where I can get me a glass of sweet tea? I can be Mike said in the eight by ten restaurant. I can be a little exclamatory. That's a Bigfoot noise. Yeah, that's well, a Bigfoot so noise. So when I'm walking out, it's probably like a good it's like 30, 40 feet, and immediately I'm like <laughs> I'm making these noises. My dog is upset <laughs> that you just started doing this. So I've been doing this for probably over a year. It's been going on a while. The other day, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This this goes back a while. This was like about I guess two months ago. Now I'm going out. He's out there ripping cigs, and I start bigfooting. Okay? You start doing your little Sam Squanch yeah. dance. I start doing the call of the wild. And I mean, I stopped like a good 25 feet from the car, but I am behind him. And as I'm getting in, like I sit down in the driver's seat and I see him get out. The car raises and, yeah. he, and he says something like at the windshield. And I can tell he's like not happy. Like maybe like I, I brushed his car or something. Like I tapped it like with my with my my coffee mug and I kind of get out and I'm like, do what? And he says, stop with the fucking noises. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, so of course Mike I, has been confronted oh, on this yeah, bullshit. His worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately, I'm I, look. You just squint and go, "Do what?" And he says, "Oh yeah, okay." The bear noises. And I said, "The ba- the bear noises." <laughs> well, like, he doesn't know that you call him Bigfoot well, well, sounds. I, I'm getting to it. And I said. 
what are you talking about? And he says, okay, all right. He says, you've been making bear noises at me for fucking weeks now. And and I and look, he's tolerated I, it for I, weeks. This man I, is stewing. Oh yeah, in his car, he's just sitting there like. Just, well, but I've grown up. Go park in my spot. I'm gonna smoke my side. I just want to enjoy my fucking. This cigarettes. guy doesn't enjoy anything but his cig in his car. Yeah. And he gets out and every morning. He just hears. <laughs> he's well, like, this it's, fucking it's, guy. It's man. one of those things where like discernibly he knows it's about him because the first like few dozen times you hear it it's what like, else would it yeah, be maybe, right. maybe like maybe there's something wrong with right you. yeah maybe he's i'm like, congested oh, no. and maybe i'm clearing my throat but it's like he's seeing me like in enough rooms where like he's not constantly making this this guttural i know noise. what mike's been doing too if mike mike will sit there because he's alone right and he's just going and then he's probably walking off he's like ah Stupid fat fuck. So, so, he's doing that shit. Yeah. He's talking to himself, giggling. He's 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 like mad. I mean, he's mad. Like he's getting madder that like I am suggesting. I don't know what he's talking about. Right. And he says, "You're playing dumb." He says, "Stop with the bear noises." And I know, like, I'm caught. Like, I, it's not. It's not even one of those things where I can get in the car <laughs> and be what? like, whatever. Yeah. So I said, I shitty grin, and I say, "They're not bear noises. They're Bigfoot noises." And. <laughs> Listen, listen. My my leg sort of like drops. Like I can get in the car quick if I need to, and like start it and back up in case like he rumbles over. And without even without me even finishing my sentence, the second I am at like they're big, he says "fuck you." Like he snaps a "fuck you." Like he's ready for it. Like whatever I was gonna say, it's me acknowledging. Yeah, I've been doing it. You fucking got me. You're Bigfoot. I make those noises. That's what you are. <laughs> They're Bigfoot noises because you're big and you got a big foot and you look like a foot. You're stupid, ugly, dumb, dumb. And also your car is ugly. So is what you said to him. This, I start parking somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, Mike has rearranged his I, whole morning. And yeah. and that wasn't, I don't mean like I park on the other side of the lot. Like I start parking back behind the building and I go in the long way because I don't want him fucking my car up or something. Because we've had a lot of break-ins and stuff in, in the car parking lot. So, like, he could easily get away with that if he wanted to. Right. So, I don't see this guy. I mean, we don't work on the same floor. I, we never cross each other in the hallways. Nothing. Like, I don't even know if he goes in the building or not. The other day, I'm having to take shit to the third floor to a storage room. And I have to, like, take a whole dolly. There's only three floors. I have to get in the elevator. I don't ever take the fucking elevator. There's no reason to, like even the floors themselves, not not that many stairs between them. It's a good exercise. Yeah, he wouldn't use the stairs. Well, he sure didn't because <laughs> I get in the elevator with this. The one time I get in the fucking elevator and all of a sudden, like a horror movie, I see a big old paw come around and stop the door from closing. And I swear to God, my heart skipped a beat because my, my, I knew like... There's only one man with hands, though that fucking <laughs> that large, <meaty. laughs> right? Yeah. There's only so many people that have literal like bratwurst for fingers that work in this building. There's only so many sausage hashlings slashers around here. I know my mind's embellishing it now, like a nightmare. But I swear to God, he ducked into the elevator <laughs> like that, like that guy from It Follows, yeah, you know, like yeah, the big yeah. guy. Like he ducked into the room, and look, thank God. There's like a dolly separating us because it wouldn't fit, you know, so I had to like go to one side of the elevator and put it in the middle. So he's on the other side and he backs up to the back of the wall and he's sitting there. 
we're going up. And I swear to God, I guess the building must have been a hundred floors that morning because it seemed like it took a fucking eternity to get to the third. And I say, everything going up. And before I can even say everything going all right completely, he says, we don't have to talk. That was his reply. And as I'm getting off the elevator, I waited till the doors were almost shut. And like right when they were shut, I'm going in that door. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm going like, well, the, 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 uh, the elevator doors buffed all that out. I went and got my coworker later that day. And I said, will you come out here for a second with me? Because I'm thinking about it now. Mike's said, doing scientific yeah. tests to see <laughs> if the man could have heard his big Listen, you, you know how like when you shake like a real man's hand, you shake it and like you walk away and you kind of like squint and go, was that a good enough handshake? And you sort of shake your own hand. Have you ever done that and been like, was that firm enough? Because I felt like compared sure. to what he just fucking the vice he just put on me, that was like an actual vagina gripping his hand. So... I get my coworker out there and I say, I'm going to walk in this elevator. Can, can you just tell me if you can hear this? So I shut the door and I start. And I open the door and he's just nodding. He's like, well, you were like clear in your throat. You were coughing in there. And I'm like, no, I was making Bigfoot noises. (laughs) And he shook his head and said, I don't have time for this, Mike. And he went back in. Like he thought I was playing a joke on him. I really wanted to fucking know. Did, is this guy going and like going home and getting a gun or something now? So I'm going to be parking about half a mile away now <laughs> because this big son of a bitch, he, if he had wanted to, he could have eaten the dolly and everything on it. And then like Akira just like pushed his body up against me in the corner of that elevator and like just sucked me in, just consumed me in his being. So that's my story about my coworker. That's that's really fucking great. Yeah, Mike's really you harassed poking. this man even after the fact that he is engaged with you. Let you know you do not need to have a conversation. He is absolving you from needing to fill the awkward air, and you fucking walk away going. <gasps> well, I mean, I guess I guess I didn't really say it. Sounded but like it. fucking MacGruber sex noises. <laughs> Let me do the time. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot too. Um, I guess. I guess I felt slighted because there's like that red face energy of you like, didn't get the last word. Well, I get there's that, but like in the elevator, it's kind of like someone needs to say something. So like, I that was my olive branch was, hey, how's it going this morning? And the fact that he's like, we don't need to fucking talk. This is the one fluke incident. We're gonna see each other. So don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to your ass. And then I got out and I thought, you know what? Fuck you. You threw the first stone. He did not. Yeah, I, it was you. Yeah. You harassed him yeah. for weeks. I threw, I threw, <laughs> I rolled boulders down hills at him for months and months. And you're my, like, you know what? Re- it is your fault. Repeatedly, it is 100% my fault. You stood outside his window going, you're a fat piece of shit, you hog. Yeah. <gasps> you're, a, you're a mythological <laughs> monster. Yeah. So that was it. That's my story. Well, you're an awful person. Nah, that's not true. That's that's not what we learned from this. Let's let's start over. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm seeing if I can pull this fat fuck up real quick, but that's all right. <laughs> that's how we're starting. Yeah, no, I'm the one who's been wrong, yeah, dear. Hey, leave that, leave that part. Leave that in. Yeah, the, we started recording an hour later, and I'm still on it. Yeah, <laughs> Mike's, Mike's still on that. He, Mike's just looking at his phone right now, going. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot about that one. That famous quote from him. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> his social security number. <laughs> Leave that in there and just bleep it, it out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's yeah. fucking good. I like that a lot. That's mean. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh, yeah, welcome to 90s Roulette, <laughs> the podcast where we spin the wheel to see what media we covered from the only decade worth talking about. Does everything still glitter as gold through rose-tinted glasses or... No. Nah. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Most of the time it does not. I'm uh, Michael. Yeah. With me is... Uh, uh, is it going... Which way are we going? I don't care. You pick. Go. You Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> with with Michael is me, Dalton. And yeah. over there is me, Garrett. Clear enough. And Jesse will not be joining us this week. Uh, Jesse is in a... I'm going to be nice to Jesse. Be uh, nice. I was, no. I was immediately just thinking rocks, <laughs> moss, think about big lizards. Yeah, and I'm like, but, I'm not going to do well, it. think about how he treated you when you were gone. I know, but I also treated him very poorly while he was gone the two before that. So... What, so what are we, we covering today, Mike? Uh, we are covering The Craft, uh, starring uh, Nev Campbell and Faruza Balk and Robin Tunney and some other people oh, from 1996. Scott, <laughs> Scott Bakula? Or Scott not, Bakula. Not Scott Bakula. No, that's Rachel True. Oh, okay. Uh, no, uh... <laughs> Scott back Skeet Ulrich? Yeah, Skeet Ulrich. Skeet, yeah, I get those two confused, too. Like, yeah. I don't fucking know hey, which one, which one is the dude we were talking about earlier? The Matthew hey, Lillard teach. and Quantum Leap? Yeah. Oh, Brecken Meyer. Yeah, Brecken yeah, Meyer. Yeah, that guy, God, Brecken, he plays has, the has same any, character. Has anyone been more 90s genetically like than Brecken Meyer? Him? That is... No. Hey, oh, let's save it for the actual conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, we'll All get right, there. We'll, we'll get there. What, what else are we covering? Uh, we're covering uh, Kablam, a Nickelodeon. Sick. Yeah. And we are covering Soul Asylum's Misery for our music video. Okay. So... Let's get into it. Having said that, change it. The ultimate thirst eliminating soda is here. Curiously crisp Citra. No thirst is safe. Okay, so since we're covering the craft and they're speaking a lot of French in there, I just wanted to say omelette du fromage. Uh, getting laid. Holy shit. All right, that's all I had to what contribute. What ran out of dick? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I've never been hard. Yeah. Oh, shit. Never I mean, gonna I mean, be is that hard. true? No dick at all. <laughs> no dick. Run out of dick. <laughs> ask, ask me if I've uh, ever been hard. Have In French? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that what you just said to yourself? Yeah, sorry. Uh, omelette du fromage. Hey, a- ask, me, ask me if I'm ever flaccid. Omelette du fromage. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Garrett, why don't you give us the rundown on it, man? What's okay. the movie so about? So we're, we're talking uh, about the craft today. 
Not for, the macaroni and cheese. No, the not the macaroni. Oh, God, I wish. Yeah, we should, wish. Yeah, we should hey, we brother, change, brother, brother change it? I wish. Can we change it? <laughs> <laughs> Patreon app right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and the craft follows uh, a newcomer to a Catholic high school that uh, falls in with a, a bunch of goth chicks who are turn out to be witches, and they kind of form a coven. And create uh, uh cast spells and stuff to grant their greatest wishes and desires and curse those who anger them fuck with their classmates basically yeah, yeah. fuck with the classmates but also like you know we'll get into the other stuff until they, they turn on each other until things go bad yeah we can um I, I think it's an interesting movie because it 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 comes out literally at a time when Almost every single person in the movie, all the main central cast, launch into like huge careers the same year in a lot of cases. We, I mean, it came out in 96. It came out in May of 96, and Scream comes out in December. Did you know Scream's a, a Christmas movie? Really? It's like December 20th. So it came out like at Christmas. I do not remember that. I thought that was like a summer movie. But this is Nev Campbell who is not the lead in this movie at all. No. I mean, I'd, I'd say she's like third or fourth build. The lead in this movie is Robin T- Tooney, Tunney, mm-hmm. who had basically done Encino Man, and she had done uh, Empire Records. And, I mean, she's pretty good in those movies, so she was not like a newcomer. Feruza Balk is the second lead. Um, do you know what Feruza Balk's big thing as a kid was? Return to Oz. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. She was. She so was the, the weird ass Stephen Norrington thing. She's the little girl. She's the little girl. Turned to Oz. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's Dorothy. Yeah, she's Dorothy. She plays yeah. kind of like the Jennifer Connelly from Labyrinth adjacent thing in Return to Oz. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So in the same year, Feruza Balk does The Island of Doctor Moreau, which I assume was before this because it comes out in August of '96, and this came out in May, and that movie had a very like notoriously fucked up troubled production uh the uh richard stanley yeah situation right yeah so th- i also learned this about feruza balk i did not know this feruza balk who is already kind of a weirdo actress who got pigeonholed into playing weirdo roles she dated crispin glover and david thewlis in the 90s did you know that Mm-mm. i had no idea but that that's I, I would fucking that's like edward pairing. norton dating courtney love i was like what did the two of those people talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this also stars, um, yeah, Nev Gamble and it stars, uh, Rachel true. Um, mm. who, who really, I guess after this only did like half baked. She's the love interest. She plays Mary Jane and half baked. Okay. And then it's Skeet Ulrich from scream. Uh, and yeah. he's, I think he's really good in this. And then, uh, yeah, Brecken Meyer, um, who goes on Who's to do it's not really he's like a cameo at best i guess yeah i mean he plays or like Skeet ulrich's shithead friend he doesn't Man do anything with long in the... pushback hair yeah, yeah he doesn't do anything in the movie he's that wears no consequences and at all. sits and sits in his fucking desk the same way in every movie he does this yeah He's always both legs over the side arm of the desk, and he's always leaning back or turned away, looking at somebody like, yo, teach, can't wait to skate after school, yeah. or some stupid shit like that. He is the same Confused man. why he gets hard to a poster of Eddie Vedder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just, like I said, a guy that was made in a fucking Petri dish in 1990 to fit yes, like if, a grunge alternative if, exactly. mold. Exactly. If you were like, 
Okay, picture a man that likes music, and you're like, okay, why does he have a t-shirt with a long-sleeve t-shirt under it? It's because he's wearing it. He's wearing it. That's the guy. <laughs> he has him to a T, and there may be a flannel over. The only thing that's really yeah. weird about Breck and Meyer is they actually had an idea at one point. I mean, this is 2000, 2000 is Road Trip, I think. 2001, maybe? Fuck, if I know. It's something like that. It's after American Pie, because it's like, the grosser and nastier the comedy, the better. Like, yeah. they pitched an idea of, let's make Breckenmeyer a lead yeah, in a he, movie. Yeah, there were a couple where he, he was Attempts. like a... a romantic yeah. sex comedy lead right I, I, this is one of those things with breck and meyer where like i don't know i'd have to look it up but i'm almost positive he's in can't hardly wait yeah i'm sure he fucking is somewhere like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ethan sure embry's the main guy in that but i'm sure that this guy's in there somewhere he popped up a lot and then the guy just sort of disappeared as he well, should he uh he started uh robot chicken with seth green oh that's right that's yeah. right that's right he does a lot of voices on that he's a i set- mean he's one of the show he's one of the creators of that's it so right he, he runs don't, stupid monkey don't get me wrong like I think he is just the epitome of this character for this like generation, yeah. right? Like, I think he knows what he's. He was also on Rat Race. Rat Race. Rat Race. He, I think he, he knows kn- what he's doing. Yeah, he yeah. knows what he's doing. But it's yeah. like you know, I don't hold it against him for playing to what his strength is, or, right? You know what what yeah. they expected out of him because the man pops up fucking. Everywhere. He becomes like the go-to guy to make out with Amy Smart in college movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just he's 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 that dude. He's a but, '90s everyman. That's kind of yeah, what he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. But but the this movie is I I have not seen this movie for like over a decade, but it did have beats of it that I still remembered. And upon revisiting them, I was like, damn, that is kind of like a lot. Yeah. For like a movie you would watch as like a teenager. So, because like coming off of like She's All That, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, I think we had said like She's All That is made for 13 year old people who. Girls. Who, yeah. who romanticize the idea that some rich, popular, talented super boy will come along and be interested in you and sweep you off your feet. Right. And the craft is like made for the. 13 year old girls who are upset that people mistreat them right and like you're sitting it's there more like believable, though. i wish i wish all your hair would fall out and your nails would get real long and scratch you when you go to itch yourself i hope that that's what <laughs> happens because you're ugly and stupid and also i'm prettier like yeah. that's that's what it feels like this is so, like just totally feeding into and at least this is more befitting the time, though. I mean, this well, is ninety early ninety six. It and does. Like, it does really play well on the like oh, yeah. alternative, like outside, like the. It's the, gr- the, got the, that grunge scene. Yeah, the outcast yeah. type of people and everything. Yeah. But just like with she's all that, these fucking people go to a like wondrous high school. Yeah, it's a palace where there's this like everyone here is rich. And like this, it's got to be an LA thing, maybe. This, I've never been to high school one, in LA, dude. But, everyone know. is just like these, these like very oddly sexualized seventeen-year-old girls happening, and it's it's just played over again. And the funny thing is, like at the very start of the movie, when she first gets to the school, it's like, well, I don't have a uniform, but 
you know, so you, you don't even have a uniform yet. Are you sure you want to go to school? So like, yeah, dad, I got to go to school. And she's walking in and they're like, how do we make her look like an outsider? Fucking throw a big jacket on her. <laughs> that is the go-to for like every one of these fucking movies where like, all right, if you're not going to be the prom queen character, throw a big jacket on her, wrap a fucking flannel around her waist or something. All right, she's grunge. I, she's punk she's grunge. She's artsy. I will say this, though. This movie does do something that she's all that gets completely wrong. So Robin Tooney, when she moves in in the beginning with her dad, that house is fucking huge that is oh, it's massive it's so massive and they are never home right oh no 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 they are never present no. but what they do get right is is like even though she's the protagonist and we're like so she's supposed to be kind of the outsider other side of the tracks and it's like not at all Faruza no. Balk is and when you see her existence yes that shit is like, trash. it is, yeah. oh, it is, it is Jerry Springer, like magnified times 10. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of like what they bill her as for a while, right? Like she plays the hot trailer trash that you expect to be in the movie. Like she's, like she's different. She's eccentric and looks like not like from a, she doesn't come from like conventional successful background. No. It's always like. This like Joe Dirt esque feel of like why Brandy is hot in there, yeah, and like it, 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 it just like I she's think it's the, perfect casting though. Yeah, oh, it's it's, yeah. it's perfect. Even because after they get money, it's like you're still trash. She's also the only character who's like change within the the coven of uh, witches outside of the main character. So really, just comparatively to Rochelle and Bonnie. Her transition into becoming like Who's, cra- which which one's Rochelle and which one's Bonnie? What do you mean? The other witches. Uh, which ones are which though? I don't okay, remember. Okay, so Rochelle Rachel is, True is Rochelle. Okay, Rachel Shell's yeah. true and Nev, Nev Campbell's Campbell Bonnie. Bonnie. Right. Okay. So, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and Rochelle is the swimmer who gets made fun of by the racist. Yeah, uh, Christine Taylor. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. also going back and watching this, I was like, fuck, there are a lot of people in this fucking the, movie. And what's yeah. crazy is she's playing the bully a year after the Brady Bunch movie. She's already made the Brady Bunch. So she's playing this role now, and then she does the Brady Bunch sequel a year later, and then the next time you see her is like Zoolander and and Dodgeball, which Mm -hmm. I said that Brecken Meyer is like genetically 90s. Christine Taylor is genetically cunt. Like, (laughs) I don't know if she's a nice person or not in real life, but in the 90s, she is in three movies. She's got that bitchy attitude to it. She says the word Negroid in this movie, and it's like... I somehow that's more offensive than like the obvious word and seeing her say it the way she says it boy she delivers that thing with some gusto it was so unsettling too because again talking about like where they're at and like the high school that they're going to this like catholic school that everyone's wearing uniforms and obviously requires money to go to because this operation can't be cheap yeah no and everyone's here. Like, Ro- Rochelle is here, too. And if anyone comes from, like, the roughest background or, like, social status or, you know, whatever, because Rochelle's house is shown in it as well. Pretty nice. But it's 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 going to be uh, Mrs. Vicky Valancourt. It's going to be Nancy. Like, she's the one who comes from the shitty background. But anyway, she, because of her background, she is the only one where I felt that her transition into becoming, like, a bitchy person towards Sarah mm-hmm. uh, 
made sense. It's yeah, the only it one the, because the Nev Campbell two, and Rachel True. It's like when did they start why, hating yeah, her? Why would and you? Like, they're okay with killing her. Uh, Nev Campbell, I guess I could kind of see, sort of. The, it, just there's little hints she of felt, it. She felt sorry for herself because she felt ugly because of her dismorphia. Yeah, and uh, then her, she becomes like very a uh, hot chick. Yeah, she right. becomes a hot Which, chick and it, she becomes it, full of herself. But Rochelle, I didn't see at all. Not they're, at all. They don't show. Did any they delete kind of, the scenes where like something feels like they're deleted scenes? Yeah, it feels like they're had to have been more that happened because you know i get like nev campbell's character i i I get that like bonnie would be like oh i'm so hard and down on myself because i look this way because she has like large burn scars across her back and part of her arms i think and her legs and all that yeah yeah, and you know then she turns hot it's like you know her body recovers and everything and so now she's got this ultimate confidence and so now she's like oh everybody wants me so now she's bitchy i get that she has the mean girl attitude about something that is very like vanity based but rochelle's character was like really out of fucking left field inexplicably evil all of a sudden and and they it's not that they were okay with killing her they thought that they were just scaring her and playing pranks on her and doing glamours because they do all of that is fake at the start the and when the end i think they intend for her to kill herself no, no no nancy does but when she tells them to go check on her and everything they're like oh not doing that and then nancy threatens them right and that's what sends them up there but like even after everything is all said and done at the end of the movie and they approach her in her driveway at her home when she's moving back to San Francisco yeah, yeah. or whatever. When it turns out they, that, that yeah. Robin Tony is Storm from X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Control they, lightning. They they, yeah. they come up to her and they're like, hey, yeah, we're sorry. We don't have any powers now. Do you? Because we would love to chill if you're powerful. <laughs> right. Because she's the new Nancy, I guess. But, you know, and then she basically brushes them off and was like, y'all were super bitchy to me. No. And then as they're walking away, they say something cunty again. They say something so awful. And it's like, why are y'all being assholes? They say, like, dumb bitch probably can't even, like, use magic anymore. Yeah. And then, like, obviously she shows them that she can. She threatens them, essentially. But, like, and they scurry away like lost puppies without, like, head bitch in charge. But they just... The, their characters just like really don't make sense through that like act three like no. that the the entirety of like i don't understand why y'all would still be bitches to her y'all were the ones that were in the wrong you mistreated her and you know you did which yeah. is why you came back here licking your wounds now's not the time to be cunts again no like she has every right in her to not want to fuck with y'all no because everyone mistreated her but again nancy's character makes total sense she comes from a very shitty place shitty background stressful situation i could imagine and i told when we were watching it together i was like you know i can really relate with her because i was one of those freaks and geeks in high school where like my crew and crowd of people that i ran around with were like we weren't like you know we didn't have a ton of friends or whatever but we were all tight together but there were people that obviously picked on us every now and then or we got like bullied or just like talked too nasty and shit like that i could absolutely see myself given the same opportunity where it's like hey do you want to write in a book like i hope your dick falls off yes i would have written it a hundred times i have written that a hundred times (laughs) today wish that everyone dick, no else's dick, there, dick wouldn't work like mine. 
<laughs> but, but like I, I would have done that too. I would have taken that route because when you're. But how many times have we had sleepovers and done lives of feather stiff as a board and nothing's ever happened but kisses? Well, that's because we keep tickling each other. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what but, else is supposed to happen? I guess they happen. don't do that in the movie. But I can imagine being like 14 or something and being like, "This guy shoved me or shouldered me in the hallway. I hope he breaks his arm at soccer practice. Oh, or yeah. Whatever. You know. Yeah, I look at Chronicle. Like yeah, yeah. watch a movie like that and it's like, oh yeah, this uh, got out of hand quickly. Yeah, this became like, so, a Kira of like I, zero to sixty. Yeah. I really related with her character the most, not in like how evil she was and everything towards her own friends, but yeah. towards the outside world. Right, towards the people that mistreated them. Like I thought the girl was deserving to have her hair fall out. I thought it was yeah. deserving for the guy to be obsessed with someone who he treated like dirt. Sure. I thought that was all deserved and those were things that made sense to wish upon your peers who mistreat you. And especially if you remember that they are supposed to be teenagers and children, they're impressionable, fucking around with stuff that they don't understand. I would have done the same fucking shit. But again, characters like Bonnie, Rochelle, don't really get it. What's it? What? Why are y'all turning on your own? This doesn't really make a whole I lot just, of sense. Uh, no. You know, I just kind of bought it as like a uh, follow a, the a, head bitch in charge. No, no, no. But like a, a corruption of the magic. Like just using the magic, you cause okay. all three of them yeah. to be kind of corrupted. In I a feel way. like that's the only thing that makes sense to explain away the one eighty turn that they. That's the, take yeah. That's well, you, yeah. I you thought, feel that much power I found it for all because like they hubris. explicitly said that Nancy was being corrupted by the magic because right. she had darkness. The projecting, yeah. Right. yeah because, so, because she was manifesting evil into it. Yeah, so I just figured that the other girls were not as far as Nancy, but kind of a, the same thing. But so, it really does take that route of like standard, fair, high school, girls getting picked on, people being nasty to each other. You know, the same stuff that we watched with Janie in... Or, or Lainey. Lainey, and, yeah. and she's all that. You know, just the like, <clears throat> oh, let's mess with her because she's new or slightly di- or she wears baggy shirts. You know, like, whatever. Yeah, this is weird. But, I mean, the, the movie was, like, still a fun watch because of the whole, like, mystical, magical element and everything. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's fine. And, I mean, I think that yeah. a lot of, like, the stuff that we picked on She's All That About actually works out here because even though Nev Campbell <laughs> is gorgeous, I mean, just from the get-go, it makes sense for her character to not think that because she has to see the scars every night. Right. She, she hyper-focuses on those things. It's kind of like, you know, when you had a couple pimples, and you go, well, how could anyone ever like me? And you grow your fucking bangs out long or something. Right. And it's like, no one who likes you is going to even look at that. No one even cares. It's barely yeah. a thing. It's only something that you see hyper-focused up close in a mirror. Sure. And that's the way she sees herself because she's always... They keep making references of, like, I'm so ugly. And well, there is the, no one when, humors it at when, all. When uh, Robin uh, Tunney's char- character first gets, like, introduced, I I guess it's Skeetor... Uh, what was it? What's his name? Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. Skeet when he's telling Scott Bakula. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Uh, he's uh, telling him about the three girls from the afar. bitches of Eastwick. Yeah, the yeah. bitches of Eastwick. Yeah. He does mention that I've heard rumors that she's got burns all yeah, over he, her body. He doesn't even know. So it, it's a, but yeah. it is a, a frequent rumor that right. she has to deal yeah, with. Yeah, she just dresses kind of dowdy to cover everything, and it's like no one would even know it, but. I mean, unless like so, someone told you that, and then even then it's conjecture. So and yeah, you've, you've it's not got, obvious. But you you've got so many of the same elements of like standard fair teen movies in that like you know it's at a school with very lackadaisical seemingly administration. Yeah. You've got house parties being thrown that 
don't really make a whole lot of sense. You've got like hypersexualizing teenagers. There's the entire like little montage wherever where they come to school and none of them are wearing like bras or whatever. And I like if that's like them feeling powerful and everything, but it's weird because they're all seventeen or supposed to be. Yeah, it, I, it, I think it's fine though because you see you see this like copy and paste for this scream the same year and then for the faculty two years later, and I mean. It really does work. All three of those movies are pretty solid. And I think this, I didn't realize that this fit right in alongside those movies just as well. Because mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking like, well, I haven't seen this like in its entirety in probably, I don't know, man, like 20 years, probably. I mean, it's probably been a while. And even 20 years ago, it was probably like on someone's TV and I caught a part of it. But I never thought to go back and watch The Craft. I saw it quite a few times when I was a kid. But, and I liked it, but it didn't stack up compared to Scream or the faculty. Right, yeah, you may and, not rem- yeah. The only thing I remembered from it was the shower scene where the yeah. girl is pulling out her hair because that was such a like devastating thing. I could uh, I, I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like damn, like that that stuck with me all these years and everything cuz like all the magical and mystical stuff that happens, essentially everything just boils down to like some people are rude to them or some people are mean to them. Yeah. And so that's they, a very but that's a, like a physical deformity that is permanent on a right, person. Right, 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 right. And and they're, you know, they're now that they're made whole as a coven, they get to kind of like lash out at back at these people uh, for mistreating them. Now it does bite them in the ass. In the sense of, in Rochelle's case and Bonnie's case, they just see what they'll get back if they continue down this path. And that's at the end of the movie. You see that, like, Bonnie is covered fully in burns and Rochelle's hair is, like, completely just devastated and almost fully gone. Um, They see what they will get back if they continue to act, like, basically like Nancy. And Sarah kind of catches on to this, like, and tries to go against the grain and she gets ousted from the coven and everything. And she, this, this happens after she has to deal with the like result of casting that like obsessive love spell Yeah. on what, yeah, what so is his like, name in the movie? What is, uh, Chris. Yeah. Chris? I think it's is Chris. It Chris? So, God, so, I think it is. Yeah. Hmm. So like they, they cast these three spells and like for most of the movie that it's, bit by bit you're introducing them they all start going well like uh bonnie's burns go right. away uh the well, it, it's, done, it's done Taylor's... well because before that they're showing they're showing the troubles kind of almost like in a not in a montage that's what, that's what i mean they, they show the troubles that they're going through and then they cast and then the they spell show the resolution and then things right. start working well and almost in see... the same sequence yeah. yes right. yeah all the all it's that's kind of the way it's structured it's got like the spells themselves had their own three-act structure yeah. they're going well and then it kind of they start falling apart um, and it kind of culminates in like with Chris uh, basically trying to uh, uh, Robin Tunney. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and you're right. It does show everything. It introduces everyone's kind of like, wait, no, he polite. doesn't try to her. What do you mean? No. What? Yeah, he does on the on the hill when they're in the car. Oh God, yeah. damn, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he like, chases I her down. With me you, no, I, I was thinking of the scene with Feruza Balk. No, 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 no. that comes okay. after you're, where she does yes. do it to him. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, not he's willing, but it's under the guise that she looks like there. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. This, it, it's set up in a way that it introduces all of their plights. Sarah has to deal with being 
basically talked about as being a shitty lay from Chris talking to all of his friends, even though she never slept with him and told him, pump the brakes, bud, that's not what I want. Right. And she has to deal with being basically outcasted for the fact yeah, of... slut-shamed immediately yeah, slut at school. slut-shamed yeah, at, yeah. at this new school that she's just started. Bonnie is made out like she's some hideous beast and has to go through this burn treatment. And the treatments are pretty rough. I yeah, mean, it's... Like, it you looks, see hers dude, and it's that like, needle just stabbing. It looks yeah. like... It's like a tattoo removal kind of thing. Tattoo removal ever. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Rochelle has to deal with racism at a pretty much all white school. Yeah, Yeah. where she's Uh, just trying to do an extracurricular activity, which in turn later is nodded at as she's actually good at it because then when she's not being harassed the coach turns and looks at her like oh shit yeah she's she's really good at it and she's she's not doing anything but minding her own business and and then nancy is basically just the queen of nasty bitches and she comes from they man when they show they they save the best for last because she goes home and it's like just the rainiest, shittiest, muddiest, like, hillside trailer. Powers out because that, yeah, dude didn't oh pay the bill. Yeah, dad's just like, or stepdad's just like laying on a couch, like, smoking. Like, this is this is a prime candidate for if rain wasn't leaking into the trailer, he would have burned it down with a lit cigarette by now. Right. And she goes and she lays on a bed and, the like, the cherry on top. always yelling at each other. They're either yelling or, like, fondling each other, like, grope, drunkenly groping each other, yeah. like, with a cigarette it's one in the of those other situations hand. situations where you... You have no privacy. You have no, no. safe space. And she, l- she lays in her bed exhausted and like rain is just dripping on her forehead from like a shitty roof on top of their trailer. And then to contrast that, it follows up with the resolution to all of those. They cast this love obsession spell onto Chris so that he just fawns over Sarah, yeah. slowly becoming more and more and, obsessed and they, with And they her. need four and people for I this do, to work. Right. I do want to say, like, we haven't talked much about the actual magic in it, because they, they go to this magic shop every now and then um, where you kind of see, Find like, books the books on, like, rituals yeah, and spells. Yeah, books and rituals, yeah. and then you really kind of see the way the magic actually looks in this ritual thing where they go out of town and they kind of settle down. And I, I appreciate, it's like a, it's a witchcraft movie, but it's not like the typical... Uh, satanic Ouija Instagram. board. Yeah, it's not no. any of that. It's very druidic. It's very natural, right? It's yeah. all it's, like it's all based can, in nature and yeah, stuff like that. They well, there, cast, there are a lot of pentagrams. In yeah, the movie, but I, I but, think they're. I don't think they're intended like in a satanic way at all. No, it's no. it's not invoking like devilish or fiendish no. spirits or things like. It's more like an odd way. Like, yeah, it's not like it's an, an abyssal element. Yeah. It's yeah. more like a naturalistic. Yeah, yeah, like you said, druidic. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, like they cast a spell, and like all these fucking butterflies just come down and surround them as yeah. a sign that it's working. It's a, it's an yeah. interesting way. Yeah, it's to like kind a little, of, like a little blood, blood ritual, like togetherness. You know, I accept you, I love you, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, like blood brothers stuff. Yeah, it's not chanting and like you know. Well, no, there's chanting. There's, there's some chant, but, it, but it's but it's not like Quakeristic, like you yeah. know, convulsing oh, no, and all. Right. Of the yeah, yeah. There, there's not a lot of like possess my body so that I no. become a demon and stuff like that. Like that it's element is very like gone. It feels like like actual research was done with like Wicca or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. and this movie definitely predates like the emo Wiccan, you know, I'm a witch thing. The holistic yeah. element is, of, like, becoming, like, I'm is, witchy right. because I wear a long skirt. This yeah. is really early on, so, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure that this movie didn't help that situation at all. It probably, well, probably, like, spurned quite a bit of it. Yeah, so they perform their ritual, 
and then the stuff starts coming true where they're kind of going through the 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 montage essentially. It doesn't of, really go come true right away for no, all. No, they got to like of, get some uh, extra stuff. Right, right, like they have to they have to pluck one of uh, Christine Taylor's hairs. Christine out. Taylor's yeah. hair to braid it into Rochelle's, and they they have to um, like. Di- what what did what did they do for? I know there's more. I can't remember what they do for Bonnie's. They, well, I mean, Skeet Ulrich starts coming around immediately, and he's like, "Can I he, hold your books? Can I carry your books?" Yeah, I, think, Can I, I think he's, he's my, interested in her, but it's like a slow build. He yeah, doesn't really yeah. understand it. It's like he's right. catching himself. I think he's really good. In his that mode, his too. is when they realize that oh, this is starting to work, and then I think for Bonnie's maybe they do an extra. Uh, uh, Sarah does an extra prayer with her or something. Right at um, one of their sleepovers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure because it, it goes back to the sleepovers a few times, and that's when yeah, they, they, start. they do the lives of feather stiff as a board scene, and they realize like, oh shit, there's like magic happening here for real. Like we're seeing it in front of our very eyes. Like there's right. something to the four of us being together. There's like a certain magnetism, like with the natural order of things. But I don't know if it shows any of Bonnie, like, if they, they have to do anything extra. I don't extra. know if it shows anything extra. I think it was extra just for, an extra pray, an, uh, yeah, prayer. Yeah, I, I think it might have just been some chanting. But for Nancy, it's more explosive, which oh, yeah. is conducive to her environment in that the stepdad that is there at the trailer blows up on uh, her mom. And then she, you know, yells and lights go out and this dude has a heart attack he ends up dying and it ends up leaving him really well off i am so confused about life that too. insurance what did this guy do for a living because it looks like he's fucking unemployed and like a corporate lawyer comes over and is like yeah his life insurance policy was hundred and seventy five thousand dollars which like, also is a lot but god it's not as much as they make it no seem. oh no, <laughs> that's, no i think that's the most like just they are the, poor rich the biggest, yeah, they the biggest, all the yeah. biggest disparity between like nowadays we hear one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and if you went and saw this movie in well, 1996 that's, yeah, that's yeah, four yeah. billion dollars like, back holy, then holy shit one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. we're rich right yeah used to think like oh it's but, uh common in there what, what did this guy do i don't fucking know i mean but he's he, they I, don't, I, I, I think he was just like he looked like he was just a construction worker maybe or some shit. I, I don't i think because they did say what he did at one point i think do I, they? I don't, I, think I, I don't know it. but basically this kicks off what comes to be the montage of them becoming empowered and yeah. feeling yes. strong no longer they're no longer meeting at like someone's uh uh, whose house were they? I guess Rochelle's house, maybe, or Bonnie's house? I think it was Bonnie. Bonnie's house. Yeah. yeah, now they're meeting at this new place, which also the new place, the apartment they get, it's like there's a couch, and I think there's a mini bar, it's like and that's Patrick it. It's like Bateman's apartment. There's it's nothing, so there's minimal. There's nothing in there. Yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> like, they go into her room, and it's the most decorated spot, but there's no... There's a there's jukebox. No, yeah, there's no dressers. Yeah, that's right, there's a jukebox. The there's no box, dressers. There's a mattress on the floor. There's, like, portraits, but it's all on the ground. Nothing, no furniture whatsoever. Yeah, they just moved in or whatever, but... And the mom is just day drunk. Yeah. And, yeah. What, what is it, Tammy Wynette's? It's what it's full of, her jukebox. What, what's no, a, what's uh, in the jukebox? It's it's it one was artist. Patsy, was it Patsy Klein? No, 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 no. It was like something that. French. It was some. Her last name oh, was oh, French. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry, it's been a while since I actually sat down and watched it. But yeah, no, she. It is so like 
white trash excessive? Like, what would you do if you had one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars? And it's like I'd probably get forty cartons of cigarettes. Well, that like I would spend I would spend one hundred and fifty, so we still have twenty-five thousand dollars. And it's like that's to live on not enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you see, you see Nev Campbell. I mean, she she gets a new treatment done, and they're basically the result of it after it's healed is that it's, it just comes right off yeah. like, like a snake shedding its Connie skin. Connie Francis, Connie Francis, that's who it is. Which is still Francis? like a blind spot for me. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck is that? But yeah, I, I did have one question. Um, so when they go to the Wicca shop originally, okay, mm-hmm. and they steal the book or whatever. They mm-hmm. come outside and clearly they're like on Skid Row. It's like a whole camp of homeless people and like prostitute and like the derelict on the sidewalk. Well, there's a guy that was in the opening when they move into yes, the house. We Robin haven't Tumi. talked about this guy. This yet. guy, like in the opening, has a snake. Bra- has a snake this and he comes dude. up to her and he's like, oh, "Got a snake? You you want it?" And the dad runs him off like with a broom but get or whatever. Out of here, you homeless yeah. person. He's like he's like Steven Seagal fighting off homeless people from his dojo. <laughs> but this guy approaches her on the sidewalk and basically like starts harassing her and saying like I know you, I know you, and all this stuff. And they they freak out. They start running from him. And I think it's implied that she sort of like wills a taxi yeah. to run this guy over. And when they run over the the puppet. It goes like over his fucking head. I, I was got, that is a very good use of a dummy. Oh yeah, because holy for a second it's like oh that they just threw a man under a car. I think that's one of those deals where like you get it on the first try and it's like how did that look? And it's like well it ran over his fucking head, so I think we got it. It's like I don't think I don't think you do it once and then it's like well we need to keep doing it until we get it to run over his head. Like yeah. David Fincher directing it would still do it fifty more times, but this is just some fucking guy hired by Dimension or whatever. Yeah, so. What is this guy's deal? I, he like saw her in a dream, is what he says. Right. And he saw that she was going to die. But is it implied that there's more to it? Like, I almost saw it in the beginning with the snake. He's like Lucifer. Or he is the embodiment of that witchy god, yeah. that polytheistic thing that they keep talking about. I don't know. They it, don't really go into it that much. Not this is all. where it's like, there's got to be something deleted with this guy. Well, not only like with the scene on the street, but the scene at her house. Because he's just there the moment they move in. Like, I was beckoned here in a way. But they're, they're, and when they're you driving, a snake. When they're driving on the way, she sees that snake on the road. Right. Or there's a shot of the snake on the side of the road. Yes. That same one. And then that guy shows up with that snake. So I don't, I feel like that's... I don't know, maybe he's sent there by their uh, Manu or whatever the name yeah. of their god is. Manu, yeah. Maron or whatever. I, I think it's just an omen. Yeah. I think that's all it the, is. It, you just explain it, feels it away. Like. It's like, it, it's a guy to be like, hey, I, I saw you, you're going to die. This is foreshadowing. It's just a prophecy kind of thing. Yeah, you yeah. go down this, this path, your, you're this going your to warning. die. Which, you know. Which it, is great because they, they all go to like a tattered couch in a homeless park. And they all drink yeah. like some booze from a bottle and basically say, like, did you do that with your mind? Did you will that? And this is like what brings them together. Yeah. They're like, all very yeah. happy that she murdered it's a like, homeless man. Yeah, you just it starts really big and but then it goes down to she them feels sitting around. Really bad about a guy who tried to sexually assault her falling <laughs> through a window and dying because he's probably a good guy under it all, like she right. says. 
but she didn't give a shit about the man who but, was giving uh, yeah. her a warning. I bet, like, the, yeah. the proverbial his head less dead. caved in by a cab. Right. It's brutal. Talk to you. <laughs> but I just love like like we're talking about how it escalates the affairs in the movie, and then it gets out of hand in the third act. Like inexplicably gets out of hand too, because you have characters that are just completely turning in ways that they never really go into. But yeah. instead of it like getting up to the point where she wills death upon a homeless man because it's a fight or flight thing she didn't mean to right they start with that they start with someone's head getting run over and then they go to them sitting like in a garden and having butterfly parties and shit yeah, yeah. and I changing mean, their eyes and hair and yeah, yeah the rest of the movie is just like slumber parties and yeah. fucking lies yeah, you kind of go through this like whimsical montage of yeah. them just girls being girls right and then it turns very dark yeah but it, 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 i guess we should see that coming because it kicks off with the homeless man thing it, it does like, start off dark and then it just goes and then away it dials it back Wave, hard yeah. Yeah. but it, it really makes me wonder like what the fuck what is wrong with sarah where like she is totally unfazed by this man who she thinks she might have manifested his death by a car accident and then later feels real, real bads when the guy who attacked her I don't know. dies falling out of a window. It's, Sarah's it, a cold like, bitch, dude, man. Dude, it's like she still has feelings for Like, what do you do? What? I don't know. Like, this guy I don't is, know. Cause, you've wait, known what, him for like two weeks. I, I, listen, I do think Skeet Ulrich is good as an actor in this because he's doing more than what a movie of of this ilk is asking sure sure. he's doing body acting and face acting with the sort of like i don't understand what's happening to me but i love you i mean he's doing like some early johnny depp kind of shit with this because even when he's outside of her window he doesn't really seem like he knows why he's there. He seems like he's in a fugue. And I, yeah, I think right. that, I don't think the director was she's like, like, go away. And he's like, I can't. I, yeah. I like, physically cannot. He, he's just like skipping beats and it's like, yeah, but what, what, what do you think about this? He's just like looking for any reason to keep staying there for a few more moments to like gaze at her. I think he's doing a really good job there. Yeah. Um, I think so too. And I think, I don't think the character though is deserving of like the praise and like the love he's getting because it's not just it's not just her it's nancy too the trailer trash that clearly had like a fling with him because she was like the grungy goth easy lay in his eyes like this was this is the girl that who why would she ever say no to you right and they clearly had Mm -hmm. had like a tryst it was probably just something like blowjobs or something like that because i mean nancy's the kind of girl like no you don't actually sleep with her you just like get blowjobs in your car like in an alley somewhere and get, and get her a pack of cigarettes and call it a day. But she's in love with him. And I never really understood why Nancy's in love with Skeet Ulrich. Is it because, like, in her heart, she really doesn't I- want to identify as trailer trash? She doesn't want to identify... No, well, yeah, well, I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's I a little bit of that, does. probably. But I think it's also the the she's all that effect in that he's supposed to be the embodiment of the successful, popular cool guy hierarchical right yeah Yeah. so like by interacting with him he's something special even though he's just a piece of shit he's just a womanizing piece of shit yeah he sucks and he that's what it really seems the the oddest to me is everyone's response to his character he's a piece of shit and they are very forgiving of that or willing to brush it aside simply because of his social status or the way he looks or you know what he has whatever may be the reason but like the dude is an awful piece of shit yeah. he is a 
he 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 is a sex offender. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he has he's obviously a lying, cheating piece of dog shit and he, he takes advantage of people clearly from the fucking get-go i mean the guy is nice for like a little bit until he gets told no and so oh, and, by the time he shows his ass like after she says no on the roof we're like 14 right. minutes in this movie yeah, yeah and then like l- that's that's kind of why like it doesn't really i i don't really vibe so well with like sarah's response to the way everything played out like yeah the way nancy like interfered and like used her face essentially to glamour this guy into thinking that he looked like her and everything like yeah that's fucked and very weird for her to just like impersonate her but who gives a fuck about this chris dude He's awful. He's terrible. He sent you running into the woods because you were scared for your fucking life. He lied about you and made you feel slut-shamed by the entire school. He's a piece of shit to this girl who you've become friends with, who still, again, weirdly has some obsession with him and is in love with him or wants him or something. But, like... I think that's just there's history there. Sure, but, like, you might be able to chalk it up to, like, well, he's just the douchey asshole that everyone likes and can forgive him even though he's a douchey asshole. But it's like, this guy's a piece of shit. If anything should spook you off, it should have been the murdering the homeless man. Yeah. Like, that should have been the thing where you're like, fuck, we killed somebody. The character motivations are all over the place. (laughs) what, What did you do last summer? That should be the fucking moment. Right. Not this piece of shit. Who cares? I, I did I, I did feel bad about... I made a note. When Nev Campbell gets her scars taken off, this is completely different, but when she gets her scars taken off, the, the doctor's response, because she's telling her the whole time, like, I don't know. This may take right. a lot of treatments. And like, then she sees it. And then it happens. I, I was thinking, like, what if that doctor ran into like a burn ward right after that she's like guys you're not gonna fucking believe it but <laughs> i have got a miracle cure for you and they're all just like, you know and that's a tough 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 tumble for that poor dermatologist or whatever she is yeah all based sure. around witchcraft i so there is another scene with the witchcraft that happens on the beach and this is where the yeah, third act this kicks is in. where shit really goes down yeah because you have you have a nice scene like in the garden like in the woods with all the butterflies then they go to the the beach, and that's when they, like uh, they find a new book when yes. they go into the wicket. They, they go back to the, the wicket shop. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they want to invoke the spirit because I think, I think at this point, uh, Nancy's hasn't come true yet, right? That, uh, that, no, it has not. Well, no, it there's because the well, reason no, for it them, hasn't come true, and everyone else's stuff is going so well, right? And they're getting responses for their yeah. rituals and everything. And Nancy kind of feels like the odd bitch out. This is in so that, this like is she's what being she dethroned does. from being the head witch in charge. So right. she wants to evoke the spirit, invoke the spirit to. Uh, to make power. Her, yeah, empower mm-hmm. her, make her uh, wish come true. So yeah, then they they go to that beach. And uh, she gets electrocuted. Yeah, uh, thrown out to fucking sea or whatever. There's a big ass explosion that throws everyone out. Yeah, it kind of knocks them all out. And then when they wake up in the morning, Nancy's a bunch of dead sharks on the beach. That's pretty yeah. sweet because not not that dead sharks on a beach are cool, but like the amount of props they had. They have like hammerheads and like great white sharks and shit. That looks pretty cool. And Nancy's walking on water back to the shoreline when right. they wake up. She's ascended. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I—that's I, a weird response too. Is when all these like police and paramedics and like people are showing up on the beach, like what the fuck happened to these sharks? And they're all just over there, like it worked, it worked. I feel different. 
something's changed. And, it's and like, Nancy's yeah. just like screaming at yeah. everyone Nancy's on the screaming, bench. screaming. And the guy six feet away with a clipboard's not like, does she <laughs> have something to do with it? I mean, he probably like, just yeah. thinks she's on fucking drugs yeah, or some shit. Yeah, he thinks she's some right? weirdo whacked <laughs> out Clearly this 17-year-old girl did not kill all these sharks. Sure. Like, how could she, how could she man, uh, manage no. to do something like that? But... Yeah, and that you're right. That does kind of kick off the spiral of like shit going way too hard. So that's when Christine Taylor's hair comes out completely, right? Because it's coming out, yeah. but it's not like bald. And that's when the shower scene happens, where she's just in there like Gollum. Yeah, like, and like it's not just her hair's coming out; her scalp is fucking scarred yeah. and burned and shit. Yeah, it's become uh, like a neurosis for her too. Like, he, like she's transfixed on like what? What, what did yeah. I do to deserve this? And so he, even Rochelle looks kind of like feeling she's bad. About she that. feels bad about yeah. That. yeah. And, and we we keep talking about how Chris like attempted, but they never really make it clear. But I think it's because at this point he's it's during this sequence where things have gone too far that the spell on him has made him like more even more it's compulsory shitty. and so like he's basically saying like i my I can't even physically take no for an answer like right. i don't know if chris without the spell on him would have done that probably it's never really made clear but the spell did not help the situation he didn't do it the first time in their first interaction where like he was told no, but he was still shitty to her yeah. afterwards, yeah. and like slut shamed her to the. This entire is like school he knows so, he knows there's some sort of compulsion. There's something wrong with him, and if he just like physically me- gets it out of his system, then it'll be gone. Right. It'll be that, sure that's something all like he that. Needs to do. So like, it may be not super fair to Chris to like condemn him fully because his actions and his mind are not f- entirely like. Of his own desire. Right. Right? Like, he didn't even want anything to do with her after no. he had gotten away with slut. He was fine with just being like, yeah, I slept with her. She fucking sucks. Anyway. Yeah, worst slam of my life. Fucking right. finger guns with me and my boys yeah. to sit sideways in our desk in class. You know, like, he was fine enough just to leave well enough alone at that. Does it make him a piece of shit? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do he deserve to die for that? But he's, he's irredeemable that? at that point anyways. Right. Does he deserve to die for that? No, not really. That seems like an overhanded uh, fix for it or uh, overcompensation for it. But I mean, in, so in a movie where no one's died yet, I guess that is like... Well, the homeless man. Well, that's what I'm saying. In a movie where no one's died before this, it's sort of like more impactful but a movie where a homeless man is nonchalantly had his head run over by a fucking right. taxi cab this seems like that like you were saying earlier this is the big turning point this is where like right. things are going in, too yeah. far in that like i i guess it you could make the argument that like chris was not of sound mind so he wouldn't have done those things even though he is a piece of shit and an asshole yeah. he didn't he probably didn't deserve to die but like Again, again, neither did the homeless guy who was just like no. being a little creepy at best. Right? I, I also, I don't think he's friendly. I mean, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't that bad. I don't think the Christine Taylor hair thing falling out's that bad because you could just wait like. Thir- it's traumatizing for a teenage girl. But you could I'm wait sure. like twenty five years, like hit existential rock bottom, and start a fucking dumbass podcast with your idiot friends. You know, if your hair falls That's out. That's true. So That's true. Yeah. I-, I didn't think that was that bad. But the difference is like she'll always be pretty. That's true. And yeah. I've always been a fucking ghoul boy. True. Yeah. I, I got you. So yeah, there yeah. is there's a pretty a football field of separation. Yeah. And exactly. contrary to popular belief, Christine Taylor does have dick. I guess that's true. 
Yeah. And she is. Yeah. She has been hard. I think that's that's her whole plot line in Dodgeball. Is <laughs> she do have dick? She actually do have dick. Yeah. No, but yeah. So they have they have the ritual on the beach, and that's when everything starts to become like. <laughs> I just thought, Mom, Marsha has dick. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha is always hard. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, that's great. Oh anyway, my God. I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't no, mean no, to no. try. So, I mean, we, <laughs> I we're, like pretty, we're pretty much almost wrapped up on yeah. this movie because what happens thereafter is... They inexplicably turn on Robin Tooney. Well, they, they turn on her because she wasn't cool with how Chris died. She wasn't cool with the way that um, everything went down, how Nancy took her face basically to uh, manipulate and go against... Um, uh, Chris, uh, after he wronged Sarah, chasing her away yeah. uh, because he's obsessed with her. Mm. Um, and so, you know, she, they, she goes to a party, finds him. He's following her because he's wondering if Sarah's with her. And then she uses a glamour to change her face, look like Sarah, sleeps with him. Uh, and then Sarah comes in and then she goes full on sicko mode, right? Where... She attacks Chris, sends him through the window. He falls to his she's death. She's like floating and stuff. Yeah, and... she's like skidding across the floor on her tiptoes. Yeah. She's like going crazy, like whipping her head around and shit. And so that basically comes to the breakdown between uh, the coven, at least for Sarah. She's like, yo, that wasn't cool. And then Bonnie and Rochelle are- They have the car scene where they're driving Yeah, they have the, the car the scene where like Nancy's being very nonchalant about being super risky. And- it's just kind of like yeah, you're literally changing stoplights and causing like car accidents. Yeah, and it's like, can we just not use it all the time? Can, can we yeah. just dial it back can and we like not selectively, be completely yeah. pieces of shit? Right. And so they turn on her and they go hard on her. Yeah, like I feel like right. they torment her worse I mean, than yeah, anyone. Well, yeah. And you're right because they really they, bad in the car. I mean, Chris they, died, but yeah, they they do have the scene in the car where she's like kind of turning in the back seat and saying, "Do you guys not agree? Like this is too much." And that, Nev this Campbell, is why this is why I think there's like they're actually being corrupted here because like she she pointedly the main character is expecting experiencing like bewilderment at the fact that they are not agreeing with like the obvious. You know, sentiment. that that has to be the most logical explanation. Yeah, because I, at I least so. to me, that she, makes the most sense. She's a, she's a natural so. witch, so maybe she's resilient enough to the corrupting magic to not well, let it change her character. By the the wick shop lady uh, that yeah. she's got, she's got light in her or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. That I your mean, your mom had it, you have it. Yeah, like yeah you, she's you a are good a witch. Her mom witch. was a witch, and she was she had, I guess lightness or yeah. you know, you're, a, you're not there's corruptible. a yin yang thing going on where Nan, someone like Nancy Nancy is has too much darkness uses the power her. for bad yeah and yeah. she can use it for good uh, I, I I do have one thing in that yeah go ahead in that shop when she goes back at the end she goes back to the the Wiccan shop or whatever and that's when all that expository shit with the the owner happens there is something that happens when they're in that back room. With all the ma- like the authentic magic stuff, yeah, and all the candles and she, shit. Yeah. She looks to the front of the shop, and there's like this really shitty like CGI explosion, yeah, uh-huh. that comes in. What is that supposed to be? I I I guess it's just another threatening glamour that like Nancy was right. doing to like, scare Sarah because we'll that- kill this woman if you don't leave I, it alone. I don't know if that that's what it means entirely because like they go. 
it goes on and on and on for like the next 15 fucking minutes of yeah. tormenting Sarah. Well, here I Sarah. wasn't at that point because that, that's a scene where the uh, shop owner's like, if you, if you take in this guy the way Nancy did, you won't be corrupted and you'll be able to defeat her. You'll be stronger than her. And so they start doing that like chant. And so when that explosion happened, I thought... You know, she, uh, Sarah thought that it was Nancy that was doing something and right. that was threatening her. But I could, I also kind of read it as maybe it was just part of the actual ritual working since, like, the last time they did that ritual, there was an explosion before, also. But that was an actual explosion, and this is one that the Wicca shop owner couldn't see. Could right. she not see she it? She didn't see I, it because she was like, "What? What's the matter?" And Nancy's like, "I or not Nancy? I didn't see it. I Robert Tony's like, I gotta go. I have to leave." I almost thought it yeah, was it maybe was only stuff that she was saying and was manifesting. I, I for her. I think that's what she was saying was like, "If you go try to get help, we'll kill whoever you try to help." Like they're in danger, and, and it's also maybe a prophecy or foreshadowing of the plane crash because she runs back home, and that's when she sees the footage of. The, the news footage of a plane crash and that her parents are supposedly on it. Her parents were getting on a plane to go back to where they had come from, where they had moved from because Nancy had supposedly written a note saying, you know, Nancy had written a note for Robin Tooney saying, I ran away. I ran back home. Basically they got on a plane. They tell Robin Tooney that they crashed the plane and killed her dad and stepmom. Right. Right, yeah, that's the gist of it, but it goes along with this entire, like, torment sequence that they go through that is very fucking rough in that, yeah. like... All those she's, snakes and all, insects There's all these and snakes shit. and insects Bugs. and rats Jesus. and just Awful. stuff through her do you, home Do you think that when Jesse was watching this, he was like... He got hungry? He said, like, <laughs> he, said, he was thinking, like, man, if they don't get someone out there, they're going to have a problem pretty soon. <laughs> 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 I mean, no, hey, the, whoever was the bug and, like, animal handler definitely did their job because oh, yeah. off to them, yeah, you, you remember that scene in like the professional with gary oldman where he's like bring everything every, bring everyone they're like what do you mean everyone everyone that's what they told that bug handler of like what do you want like a centipede some spiders a rat and they must just be like whatever the fuck you got because it is thousands and thousands yeah. of bugs and snakes like it is it is like indiana jones and the uh, the Ark of the Covenant shit of snakes in that, that it, house. It, and it might just be like mostly CGI and stuff because like they I do, don't know. It looks like they, 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 they do some they do some finger so. stuff later and like the bugs crawling all over her and like her legs and upper dress and everything with that, Nancy. I, but it, because like a lot of that happens later where it's like mm, I'm not really sure if this is all real. I feel like but, a lot of this movie's practical. I mean like even the sharks and stuff like that and of course the bouncy They killed real the sharks. Yeah they killed real sharks. They went method. <laughs> no but I think the only thing with like CGI in this movie is maybe the explosion. The, like, well the electricity the, the electricity, fire yeah. you know well, anything to do practical. with the spells and everything. Right? Like, those bugs look pretty real to me. I mean yeah there, there may be some some kind of like prop embellishment there where of course like they're not filling an actual vase with bugs i mean they're they're buffering the thing up to where they just put them on top right but it yeah, is sure, it sure, is sure. pretty na it's like some fear factor level but, shit but it man it goes on for so long yeah, that mm -hmm. they fuck with this girl turn her house into and, like a fucking haunted yes, house man dude. And, yeah. and then eventually what happens is they're like they go full-on like evil witch mode yeah, they're and they're floating. all floating yeah. and they're like you're gonna kill yourself we left a suicide note and uh they 
Nancy cuts her wrist and she's like fucking runs upstairs. This is, so this is show, fake. It, it should be. We should note that she had already cut attempted her suicide. Yeah, she had attempted yeah. suicide before they moved, and she had uh, uh, scars right on those same spots. Yeah, she, right. I, she, she's a depressive case, and her her mother passed away and all this stuff, giving and, childbirth to her. Right, right. Or during childbirth with yeah. her. Uh, and yeah, so Nancy, you know, she says none of this is real, and Nancy's like, then why are you bleeding? And you see that her wrists are still bleeding and everything, which. It kind of just gets thrown <laughs> thrown away later because it doesn't really matter. It's well, just she, more of like a scare tactic because it, she did it. It's a glamour thing, yeah. And Nancy, I don't know what they're doing with her hair in this scene for Rosa Balk, but she looks like fucking Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, it's manic with that hair, man. Yeah, like like the white on her face. Like it's, it's if Edward Scissorhands had lipstick on. Yeah, it's Feruza Balk at the end of this movie. Yeah. And so now after <laughs> after they have tormented her. In her home, sent her parents away or whatever. She runs and, upstairs and to summon she, Cthulhu she, or she whatever. Run, yeah, she runs upstairs, and after she's like wrecked part of her house, freaking out over all this, this glamorized shit that she's been, all these illusions. That's when Rochelle and Bonnie are like, "Okay, we're done, right?" And then Nancy's like, "You get the fuck up there, or I'll kill you." Yeah, and they're like. Okay, right, let's go. It's like, what do you mean? This is the moment where you took you tail, back. and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, we were just messing with her, right? Yeah, yeah. we we took it too far. When we, we just were we just told her we crashed a fucking plane and we're floating in our living room and filling her house with bugs. Yeah, too yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, too far <laughs> to go snap her neck real quick. So she so she summons the Cthulhu God or whatever the the well, old she, Elder first, God thing. First, she does the 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 ritual to show them what they will what, look like. They'll yeah. get it back times right. three. Which, when when they look in. In the mirror, it between her hair falling out, Rochelle's, and then Bonnie's scars on her face. If you combine them, they look like the Hound from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like just fox. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not good. I mean, that's a cool or use. They look like the shrunken head from Beetlejuice. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. It, that's a pretty tough look. And they would have done that with CGI like three years later. But it looks pretty good in the movie. But that that's enough to like scare them off. So they run yeah, away. They're like absolutely not. If they continue down this path of acting like Nancy and doing her bidding this is what they will get yeah. back times yeah. three because of what they were gifted and they're using it for it, evil it, means and it right? shows like a weird like you said like a druidic like karmatic balance thing with the universe to where like don't do bad shit because it will come back to you so you have to use yeah. it sparingly and be able to like take the cost at what will come for right what well for what your intentions I mean, it was are. it was the whole you know there there is a balance because even when nancy gets her powers and is electrocuted and everything there's all those dead sharks yeah like something had to, you can't have something from nothing something right. has to be traded there is it's, some yeah. bargain that is struck some Somewhere. It's kind of like like uh, Nick Nick Stahl and like uh, Carnival, whatever. We're like, yeah, he brings someone back to life, but when he walks by like vegetation, yeah, everything around him dies, dies, or yeah. someone dies. Right. Or or if you want to bring someone back to life, you have to sacrifice a person in turn. Right. You right. know, stuff like that. So pretty standard, like yin and yang fare. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Nancy's like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Goes up there, torments her a little bit. Um, like talking mad shit to her or whatever. And there is some CGI here with the mirror, which was a very 1996 thing because that same year they used that like that that metallic like mirror ripple effect. Yeah. They use it like in Mario 64, like whatever that effect is. Right. It's kind of like a like it's a, like the mirror is water and they're yeah, walking through that, it. That yeah. That ripply water look, like it's kind of T1000 yeah. looking. Or like yeah, a, yeah, the yeah. abyss. Yeah, the abyss. It's it's stuff that was like James Cameron. It's stuff kind that of made, Cameron innovated invented. expensively, and then yeah. six years later. 
later, it's like they use it in very small <laughs> things like yeah. mirrors. I can do shit. this on a screensaver for you. Like it becomes accessible. But yeah. they have that, and then yeah, Robin Tony becomes kind of a badass. And it's a witch fight, and I do think the witch fight's pretty fucking cool because they do they do the thing where like where they fly against a wall with all the shit flying against the wall with them. Like yeah. where gravity is like upended. And it's very like the fly with Goldblum. Well, e- even though Nancy is like swiping at her and is supposed to have the knife at this point and like carving at her, she had put that binding spell on her before she lunges yeah, at her yeah. that she would do no harm to herself or anyone else. And so she couldn't do anything to Sarah, even when she had her pinned against the wall. And so when all this shit starts flying at them and the dresser comes in and is about to like cave her in and she falls off to the side and she sees the clothes or whatever. Yeah. That was a neat little like yeah, it's cool. yeah. illusion there where like she's looking at Sarah's clothes and she's like, wait a minute. Yeah, this bitch. There, there's some cool ideas at the end that I think so. What sucks is, is right after that, she just does like a kick. And oh, she does a Liu Kang kick yeah. to the chest and sends that bitch <laughs> she, into a mirror. And that's very underwhelming because my thought was like, well, if it keeps going, I'm okay with it. But that's it. She's out of commission and she's done. Yep, that's the end of it. And it's like, fuck, if this had gone on for five more minutes, like with the same amount of imagination and like ingenuity they put into like the, the last 15 minutes yeah, of the right house. Yeah, this was like, like kind of close to the Inception fight with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like the hallway fight or whatever, where yeah. like... The laws of gravity are very upended, and if they had just kept going with that, that would have been so cool. Right, if we didn't see worms and bugs for five more minutes, <laughs> could we have gotten a the, cooler the, witch climax the, the fight? The budget went to, fucking, went to worms and rats. Yes, yeah, yeah, that, like, that That was the most underwhelming thing about it, is like the last thing that happens is they just scream at each other as she's about to stab her on the floor, and yeah. she comes back from the illusion... Because she sees she's about to get stabbed, even though she can't do any harm to her because she's bound. But whatever. She Which, kicks her in the chest and she flies across the fucking hallway and goes into the mirror. There, there's still some confusion because the movie ends after this. And we, we have the whole moving scene where uh, Nev Campbell and Rachel True come to see her one more time. And, and act all like cunts. Yeah. yeah. But so, okay. So the floating in the living room was was real. The bugs and rats weren't. But all the destruction in the house was... This dad is so checked out because that dad is just like, hey, girls, how are you? And, and the set mom is in like one shot. One in shot. The movie. One shot. In the beginning, in the I wasn't even sure if she was related or like just the person that person. sold them yeah. in a house. No or what. idea. You don't even find out it's not her mom until later when she says her right. mom died yeah. during childbirth. I, I do feel like there's some deleted scenes because there has to be like a grievous thing between her and the stepmom with like, you know, you're not my mom kind of attitude. There's zero of that at all. Um there are deleted scenes where there's more racism towards Rochelle and they cut a lot of that out because they were just like, I think we probably got it when Christine Taylor says fucking Negroid. <laughs> like that's probably covering like she's an asshole and this is what she does to her on a daily basis. Yeah, she got what she deserved. So it, yeah, it, it yeah. was just too much. Like you don't need more of that in the movie, but I, I do feel like there, sh- there should be more not exposition, but there should be more like, why is Rachel True turning against her? Beside, or at least explain the powers corrupting them or something. They, there's just a lot of holes here, but I do 
like the movie overall. I think it's it's better than it has any right to be. That's, sure. that's actually what I was about to say. In that, like, yeah, I didn't like the climactic insane fight because no. I would have liked to see a little more back and forth between the witches and not just more like your power has abandoned you right. i am stronger you will submit yeah it type of feel to Young it Padawan. i would have won yeah, yeah I, w- I would have liked a little more back and forth of you know lightsabers clashing essentially well, i mean just more like God, not, not more like lightsabers not more like <laughs> yeah. screensaver mirror but more like practical effects because this was on the way out i mean right after 96 it's like let's just do everything cgi if we can well i mean there's just no like for 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 it being you know a very heavily magic magically influenced movie this end confrontation i wouldn't even call it a fight almost other than you know of course like when they're clawing at each other on the wall and then she kicks her later because really all she does is scare her she touches her on the shoulder and then she makes her hands look like her fingers look like snakes. Bugs crawl all over her. Maybe that's and part of it, though. A, it's kind of kind of like an like an exorcism thing or like a poltergeist. The more grief and like fear you're feeling, the less powerful you become. Kind of way. Like it was more of a Batman. Like I need to have them scared so they're acting erratic, and then mm-hmm. I can come down and take them out of commission. Maybe that was part of it. Was making her feel disempowered. Was like making her sure. feel Ma- stronger. Ma- maybe, but I just think like given all of the magical elements that we've seen in it, like there's no like actually devastating like spell casting or magical like summoning or ritualistic thing that like happens yeah. that really has an effect because the only thing that does damage is them swiping at each other and her kicking her in the chest, neither of which are like magical elements. There's no fireballs. There's no blast of lightning. There's there's really no nothing. So it, it felt a little like anticlimactic in yeah, that sense. I got but you. overall, uh, for the movie, I actually really liked it. It's, I, I it's enjoyed fine. it. I thought yeah, as far enjoyable. as like teen high school movies yeah. go, yeah, the, the, this, the, the, is, this is the antithesis to She's All That. Exactly. Right. Like we just watched She's All That and it's like the first 10 minutes of this, you go, oh boy. Yeah. yeah oh fuck, here, we, here we go again. Yeah. But then it turns out they yeah. actually have a lot of substance. Now, some you know, some of the characters' motivations and stuff are absolutely questionable, right? Yeah. But the, the effects that go into it yeah. and like the amount of like how character driven and like well researched it feels I, I, not, actually not, seems not only really that, good but i i want to posit this that i don't think okay first off in 90 at this point in 96 like i said scream comes out a year the same year like five months later and skeet ulrich and nev campbell are like the i mean they are the leads in that movie they are mainstays in that movie and they fucking launch because nev campbell's on party of five but it's just like a little show on Fox or whatever in 94. And I mean, she's not like right. the lead lead on it, but it's an ensemble thing. This movie couldn't have been made in 97 for the same budget because Nev Campbell shoots off. Skeet Ulrich shoots off. I mean, they're already shooting Scream 2 in it comes out in 97. They're already like shooting it in 96. Mm-hmm. So the budget shoots it up right there. And I mean, even Feruza Balk, she becomes a bigger person. She does American History X like two years later. Then she's in The Water Boy. Like the same year, I think, as American History X, she shoots off. There's quite a few people in this that you couldn't have gotten all together for fifteen million dollars, which is what the budget was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically an ensemble movie. It Twelve works. million of that was snakes and rats. <laughs> yeah. But no, but th- these are talented people 
from the 90s. Yeah, there's a lot of big faces. In there's this. a lot. And you couldn't have pulled this off with this many faces, with this much screen time, too. Like, for the amount of money You're they were so paying out. You're so close to the heat where they took off yeah, that it, you it, really right. caught these people right Good before timing. the trajectory right, launched. Yeah, right before they, they were made prom king and queen, basically. Right, like. and it's, it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun movie. It it's is, a fun, it's like, it does fall victim to some of your standard, like, high school teen movie traps and, it, it's, uh, and it's stereotypes. Probably. But I think it handles it in such a way that, like... As a fellow freaking geek, you're like, yeah, yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, a the, minute. There's uh, there's Wish something in here for everyone. This this doesn't feel completely unrelatable. Like she's all that, where it's like, who is this? For? Well, yeah, she's all that. Like you said, is like about that teenage girl pining over the popular boy at school, and then the craft is about uh, the teenage girl wanting to rip the popular boy's head off and stuff it in a trash can and poke it with needles. Yeah, yeah, it feels very angsty teenagery. Yeah, and. It's it's some it's one of those things that I would probably have watched and been like, man, I want to be a wizard real bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, it's just. I, well, so so wait, so the dad is checked out at the end, right? And Nev Campbell and Rachel True come traipsing right back up to the driveway. But we do have one more scene. Feruza Bulk is fully. Yeah, she's hiding yeah. in a nut house, yeah. which no. it, which may just be behind the scenes footage of Ruza Balk for all we know. I, it's hard to say, <laughs> but clearly she gets let out, becomes Vicky Valancourt. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is clearly they didn't just like Ferris Bueller clean up the house real quick before the parents got home. Oh right? no, the, the police arrived, paramedics arrived, men in white jackets arrived, and took her away in their home. Yeah. So the fact that he's like, hey, girls, how are you? You know, want some lemonade? Yeah. Hey, girls yeah, that like, associated how... with the girl responsible yeah. for attempted murder <laughs> on my daughter? How long after this home invasion was the moving? Well, well, I love that like a homeless man with a snake, he chases off with a broom. But people that try to commit like homicide in his home, it's like, hey, girls, come on, come on up. Nice to see you. Yeah. It's, it's very, very, the homeless guy gets... Really? Not, yeah, really. Well, I mean, if all that happened, they weren't even there by the time cops showed up. They were gone. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, they, they were gone. They were gone. But I, yeah, I, it's just such a weird, like. I mean, that guy's explain away. Like within like three days, clearly it hasn't been that long. It's been two weeks since she started school, and now all this happened. You yeah. know, it's just it everything like when you think about like the chronological order just of don't it all. Have a scene even like in that. general, yeah. that guy should be not happy just because of what happened to his house. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he's just like, huh, did it. Crazy how the roof leaks and sometimes there's rats and bugs everywhere. God, oh, wild about my thrown away dresser and demolished yeah. <laughs> home. You, you oh, my ship rope. <laughs> you girls want some snakes? Yeah. Oh, that's all right, girls. I'll just swift for that right on up. So I, I guess what we were saying about like how you couldn't have made this movie a year later, it stands true because so it made fifteen and it made I'm sorry, it, it was made for fifteen and it made fifty five. That's, that's good. Pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. that's yeah. A, that is a success for an R rated horror movie. Yeah, yeah. quasi horror movie. <laughs> so they did not make a sequel. They, I guess they made. Uh, a, they a, did. They made a soft remake kind of thing uh, in yeah, 2017 it was, yeah it's not, it was not super long ago no no they, they did do a thing way after the fact but what i mean yeah. is is this was during a it was time... a, it was more of a reboot they, reboot right I, well it was a it was a sequel 
because there is, is in the trailer they ha- even have a picture of Nancy. Oh, really? Uh, oh, so I wonder if anyone's involved with that. Uh, no. I no, don't, I don't, no one's As involved. far as I could tell, I, I looked up a little bit. I didn't okay. watch it because it looks like shit. It's not regarded well. No. Yeah. Uh, no. But uh, I don't, well, I don't really... think this even had like straight to video sequels, did it? Like, no. I don't, I don't think it really had anything, which no, is that weird. that was the first thing. The the craft, I forgot what it was called. There Re- may be some straight to video sequels. I really don't know, but they could not get was, any of these people back. I think that was the back. first thing that they did. That, gotcha. Um, was 2017 soft reboot thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, anyway, any uh, closing thoughts on it? The Craft Legacy. And that was, it was actually in 2020. Oh, wow. That's recent. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it did well at all. So that'll be that. But I, I guess that, that is owed to the amount of star power that they have in this one. Yeah. I mean, uh, David Duchovny was in it. Duchovny is the only like major name in it. And Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. Okay. So what? What do you, we've kind of said our pieces, Garrett? What do you think overall? Uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's just a. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. I mean, I've got. I think we kind of covered it. You know. It's yeah. I like magic and stuff. It's cool. Me too. Me too. To yeah. This was a good one. This was this was a nice easy one. I mean, there's there's nothing. There's nothing too much to chew on here. Yeah. It's just a nice little easy watch and uh, definitely was fun to catch late at night, you know, like on HBO or Cinemax or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just jump in anywhere and it's very digestible. So, yeah, The Craft. Any other thoughts? No. No. All right, change it. Kitchen for a snack without waking daddy. Land on a noise, and you have to press daddy's alarm clock. Will he wake up? Don't wake daddy. Grandpa Brothers. Don't go away. Coming up next on Nickelodeon, it's Kablam. We're rolling. What'd you say? We're rolling. No, before that. What I did said you... Smarties are good. What did you say? So it's chalk. Uh, you look like your eyebrows are mad at your cheeks. <laughs> 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 That's how uh, stupid you look. <laughs> Don't ever disrespect uh, me again. <laughs> That's <laughs> ugly. Yo, that, was, that was mean. <laughs> I like, like that, man. Mike's, Mike calls me 400-pound Asian woman all the time, but that I, was me. Yeah, I did not call you an Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> but that it's that's nicer than what you said. I'm not sorry. Yeah. All right. I guess, I guess we're back. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about uh, Kablam. It's um, season two, episode one, uh, called Won't Stick to Dental Work. Um I have never seen Kablam. Really? I mean, I guess I've seen bits and pieces of it when I was young, but I was under the impression this was a late 90s show, and I was like, well, that's a baby show, and I'm 14 now, and it's like, no, this shit came out when I was 11. I don't know how I missed it. Yeah. I don't know if it like came on at a weird time or Maybe what. Maybe you were like a like Cartoon mid. Network kid. Like, no, absolutely not. No, no, I, I think I adopted that way later, because uh, I didn't get on the Cartoon Network when, until like What a Cartoon Show was on, which I guess is like 97, 98, like mm-hmm. Johnny Bravo and all that was 
like Family Guy before it was like Family Guy. Yeah. So no, I was still watching Nickelodeon because Angry Beavers comes out in '97. Yeah. And I definitely watched Angry Beavers. That, I mean, this a lot. came. Yeah. I think this came on like right before Angry Beavers in the time slot. Yeah, your mainstays were like Angry Beavers. Um, cat but, dog though this show did go off the air in 97 right right it's only two seasons i think so wait so did this come on in the afternoon or did it come on saturday mornings or what um oh, fuck it, they, if i remember i they, i think they played around with it a few times um, okay because of the i think eventually it was an afternoon show okay i, I guess i just a, i remember watching it in the afternoon i think because we got cable when i was 11 like 11 going into 12 so like ni- late 96 early 97 maybe yeah and maybe it was already kind of like too far gone at that point like it yeah. was an afternoon thing and i was either playing outside or i was like watching simpsons or batman animated series maybe mm. and this just was like not an option because i thought it was going to be kind of like a shitty like baby or nickelodeon show and i i really enjoyed it a lot yeah i that, thought it was really I, good it's this, a, it's a it's a sketch show you know it like going back and watching it because I haven't watched it since I was a literal kid, but it it really has like I, every every one of the little sketches and everything mm. I remembered them. Yeah, when I saw them, I was like, "Fuck!" This episode yeah, I specifically, remember I remember like every part of this episode. Melt I, man yeah. with the power to melt. Action League now was like their flagship. That one, that was yeah. the only segment I think that was on every episode. That was the mm-hmm. one I had. In fact, this episode here was the one I had seen the Action League now in. And I do remember like bits and pieces of Prometheus and Bob, but I never thought, I, I guess I always thought like I'm not in the loop of what the inside jokes are. I don't really know like what the, the central plot is. And that's the thing is there's not one. It's yeah, a you don't show. really need one. Yeah. Uh, Prometheus and Bob for uh, for me is like my favorite part of that show whenever yeah. that segment came on. Like even when I was watching it now, this was, uh, I still laughed at the Prometheus and Bob stuff. Because <laughs> Bob is just like a fucking idiot. And he's just, it's easily the, the best thing involving an alien that's called Prometheus, I would say. I would say so too. <laughs> that's another conversation. Um, uh, yeah. No, it was really funny. I do have I do have a question though. I okay. I also didn't know we were going to be reviewing Jesse's home movies. Uh, <laughs> this I tried making pottery with Jesse one time, and when I was trying to do like a ghost to like embrace him from behind, make uh-huh. pottery, and when the wheel started turning. There was just a lot of feces flinging and like scared shrieking. So yeah, wills wills are scary to yeah. some. I was confused about one thing though. Hmm. So the two the two hosts, Henry and June, and in that order, Henry and June. I don't know if this is like a really dark, deep cut or not, but there is a an a autobiography and a movie made about a lady named Inez that had an affair, like a sexual awakening with Henry Miller and his wife, June. And they made a movie of it in like 91 with Fred Ward and Uma Thurman and the lady that plays um, Bruce Willis's girlfriend in Pulp Fiction. And it's a, it's like an NC 17 movie and it's a real life thing. And it's called Henry and June. And I am thinking in that order I'm sure they're completely oblivious to that, but is that one of those weird, like, sneak it and then they're deep cut things? Like a little Easter that, egg for it. That yeah. would be really interesting really if that were the truth. fucking weird. Because, I mean, I get it. Like, if her name's June and his name's Henry, I get it. But they, I'm Henry and I'm June. And it's like, I, I sort of blinked, like, wait a minute, wait, that's a very specific title. The movie from 91, it's called Henry and June. 
and it was okay. it was banned in a lot of places and um it was kind of like a post like sexual awakening like erotic thriller like dangerous liaisons sort of thing uh, but that's a complete aside i am sure that has nothing to do with this that but i thought it was worth i was it's, look, it's, I, it's worth mentioning for I sure was, it's i was looking it up and seeing like is there any sort of like you know this guy like majored in like classics literature or something before no. he went to nickelodeon and made yeah yeah because i mean henry miller i mean that's not, not that like, i can see but uh henry is voiced by noah sagan who... I, d- I did look that up yeah um remind me what was that because I, I took a picture of him and june henry okay so noah sagan like is in a bunch of ryan johnson right movies. he's a ryan johnson guy yeah he's, he's a bit part he's of one like, of his best friends brick he's in kid Last blue Jedi. uh he's like in every one of his movies as a bit part gotcha and she the lady who does june i forgot her name yeah let me look at hang on i grabbed a snapshot of this because it was interesting like i was just thinking they were kid actors or something and julia Me- mcelvain yeah julia mcelvain oh she <laughs> this is what she did she did English dubbing for the show Dark on Netflix. Oh, really? Which is a really fucking dark, That's depressing show. And yeah, she went from doing June's voice um, to that, to Dark. So I guess they're all still working. I saw that Misha Barton was a part of this, too. Uh-huh. I guess like a really young Misha Barton, like yeah, before she did OC and all that. Yeah, there's an interesting cast list to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... So the the show itself is like also weird for a sketch show because you know un, unlike other sketch shows where like you know it goes bit by bit and we just kind of like have this loose transition with Henry and June like cycling through what are essentially comics mm, or yeah. whatever it's like stylistically each one is very different so very. he asked me about this a little bit so that each one is i believe done by a different mm-hmm. team company right, 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 um, right. Like a, a unit b unit c unit kind of thing yes uh and i think the the crew that did sniz and fondue uh at towards the end of the show they stopped doing sniz and fondue so that the because that company started working on a television adaptation of watership down um wait what are ship down like the yeah the like rabbit, the rabbit thing? thing what yeah not, not the not the like famous no movie. no because no, that was from the 70s or yeah, 80s, yeah 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 but there there was a tv adaptation that that oh. studio went on to work on gotcha uh but yeah that a lot of the shows either started off as spinoffs uh or started off as one-offs on the network that got pulled into kablam or they would later i think action league now was like his uh, pilot pitches to, or yeah, something yeah pretty much nickelodeon nickelodeon would have all sorts of like shorts that that they would just throw oh, out there. Oh, all the little inserts between the yeah. episodes, all that, because they did a very similar thing to MTV and VH1, where like in between songs and commercials, we have these really interesting inserts that like like hand drawn animation or like stop animation or puppetry or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense why some so of these people would find a venue. And it's all like wrapped up in the uh, what you're talking about with the stuff with Henry and June is the main uh, kind of the MCs of yeah, the show. They're yeah. living in a comic book, right. and they're also there's some recurring characters, and they're like Mr. Foot, uh, <laughs> Mr. Foot going. Rrr, rrr. I don't think I saw Mr. Foot. You didn't see it? Yeah, he's is in, the he show. in this. Yeah, what, he was what is in this? it. Yeah. What is yeah. Mr. Foots? He's Bigfoot. Yeah, he drives oh, the oh, blue Dodge Charger. Got, got, gotcha. Yeah. And his name tag says okay. Mr. B. Foot. Okay. I don't know anything yeah. about Bigfoot. <laughs> or the noises that make. <laughs> Any, anyone who jumped to this segment of the episode and just skipped the, like, the cold open and the actual conversation about she or uh, fucking the craft, this will work for them completely. Yeah. I, I did like Sniz and Fondue a lot. 
Yeah, like, did he, you? Yeah, that was the one I liked because it reminded me of Angry Beavers. Yeah, I'm it like, does this have is that. kind of the exact same setup. So I'm looking it up. Yeah, you've like, got the two personalities. One's yeah. goofy. One's like a little the more odd refined. couple formula. Yeah, the yeah. odd couple. They're like they're basically the kids basically and living they look in a house alone. Kind of similar to Angry Beavers. Yeah, a little they're bit. ferrets. Yeah, and like the world they live in is that kind of like Rocco's modern life adjacent kind of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I did like it a lot, so I looked it up. So I'm like, one has to be before the other, and I bet some people like when Snizm Fund or when um, Kablam got canceled or whatever, and it did. It came out a year before Angry Beavers. Yeah, but there's no crossover with the creators or anything like that mm-hmm. at all. So it could just be you know stylistically like a timepiece, similar to you know other shows of that that time where it was like that that like hugely like over the top building structure and like yeah y- you know everything's like because they're, they're exaggerated a lot there's threads that cross with like doug and even rocko's modern life and ren and stempy there's that sort of like town mentality like wacky cast of characters yeah. which i guess all stems from the simpsons really right of like in case it's not enough just to have these two or three or four have all these like supporting characters that can jump in there and sort of like give uh, give a reason for the episode story. Sure. But this episode of Sniz and Fondue, I loved because the Columbia House BMG like CD club thing. I was a huge part of that in the 90s because I was I was a kid. I was stupid. So when I would see like mail for like buy 15 CDs for a penny and then just pay the shipping, which would be like 24 bucks or something. I had 24 bucks for my allowance. I would buy these things, and sure enough, you had to tell them, like, I want this CD. And after I got my CDs, I just said, fuck all. I didn't look at any of the more, any more mail. I got mine. But basically, if you didn't pick a CD that you wanted to pay for full price, they would send you something. And I remember my mom coming to me and, like, handing me, like, a, a very distinctly, like, shaped like a CD box. And I opened it up, and it was like a fucking Celine Dion CD. And I'm like, what is this? And she says, you have to pay for this. And I started like trying to understand and come to grips like with the terms of the club were. We pulled this shit like six times over the next five years. But basically what you did was you waited and didn't pay for anything. And then you basically sent in money like after the second letter came. And basically you mailed in 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it was. And you wait for the third letter to like come across it in the mail. And it would basically say like, we are going to go to a collection agency unless we get our money. And then you write them another letter saying, I did pay you. How dare you send this like threat to me in my house? And if you basically just like so much as said, my cheeseburger was kind of cold to their customer service. They would say, you know what? Don't worry about it. Enjoy what we sent you already. The terms of this entire agreement are up. They, I am sure they had a class action lawsuit or some shit going. So they were very tiptoey about like the the red tape behind what the policies were. It's all right. Don't worry about that. So when I saw the fucking music club, it brought back so many memories of like, this was a huge phenomenon of you don't know what kind of deal you're making with the fucking devil with these things huh. and what they're doing with the CDs and this shit. They get like what? A hundred of them. Yeah. They get, yeah, I think it's a hundred. It's like some dumb and dumber shit. Like with the way they're spending their money yeah. because they're using the CDs to like, it's like spreading b- p- jelly over bread yeah. or something. They're like supporting windows, open windows. that are just like crashing down and yeah, smashing like, the this CDs. This chair doesn't wobble. It's just got stuffed uh, yeah. a stack of it stuffed under it's the got leg. Like Twenty five CDs like under one leg of the chair, 
And then basically they come to collect and they're like, you know what? We're just going to, you know, say it's even Stevens. Just give us the CDs back as long as they're in good shape. We'll call off the whole thing. And like 99% of the fucking CDs are trashed. They're just like sticking out of walls and stuff. I did really, really like this episode for that, though. It's something okay. that like actually yeah. came back to me. Did you guys ever do this shit? No, no, I didn't even know that was. No, like I a never real... had any subscription yeah. services as a kid. There were there were two BMG and Columbia House were the big ones, and they would get your ass real bad. Damn. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like buy six CDs over the next three years or something. So it was like every two months they would say, pick one out and pay you know 17 bucks or whatever it wasn't unreasonable and i think you did get like 15 cds for a penny or something mm. it wasn't that bad of a deal but when you're like 11 and 20 bucks is like a, a lump fortune basically yeah yeah no they shouldn't have Million let kids dollars. do this shit no so yeah no yeah interesting the, the the only thing that really stuck out to me about this episode and revisiting kablam as a whole was just Meltman and that that <laughs> line that is the Melt thing that came Man. yeah that is the thing that fucking came back to me of Meltman with the power to melt and that was it like what yeah. why would that be a fucking power why it was just so fucking shitty like someone useless. took a lighter like the, the to, best part yeah. of action like now is how shitty all of them are yeah and they're I, all was, awful yeah there's no they have no useful powers there's stink stinky who's just a, a diver that that like goes into into the toilet. And yeah, he gets flushed down a commode. It's like shit you would do to your action figures when you were a kid, turned into like kind of a proto robot chicken. It kind of it yeah. kind of reminds me. Yes, this does have the same type of like structure of like short sketches. Some of them go on a little too long. Um, yeah, but short sketches where like the 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 style swaps over and the characters are, you know you, you have some that maybe you revisit but it doesn't you can just pick it up it doesn't matter like we could have dropped into any episode of either season yeah and it well, I think matter. Action League now is the only one that has some will sometimes have a continuous storyline it's like find sure. out next time on next week because they were they were on every episode I think yeah um yeah uh, and it's probably the, the cheapest one to do which is stop animation it's not not even really that it's uh there's some stop motion animation but most of it is just like puppetry work yeah. uh, that's true yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's just clearly someone like out of frame like yeah. having the yeah. baby doll hit uh, something prometheus and bob's full-on stop motion and uh, life with loopy is also stop motion yeah life with loopy was interesting yeah that, it's yeah it's a very interesting style and I've, it's I almost always... like south park in a way like yeah. south park meets renan's because like the dad it's got this very like prototypical 1950s like square jaw yeah you know what i mean like yeah. it looks like all the men in ren and stimpy when you see they all look like, look like fucking robert mitchum or something yeah and then it looks like south park with some of like the paper well their their heads are like metal plates and their features are magnetic so oh. that's how they switch okay. them out and then gotcha. the rest of them is just like a a you know just a standard stop motion puppet body but some shots like i don't know what they're doing but sometimes some of the shots look like someone in a costume because of how yeah, yeah. Uh, they were very it's an interesting mesh with like the flat head the flat square heads and the rounds bendy bodies yeah um it's i've always weird thought the looking, style was looking it's probably the weirdest looking one yeah it's I kind of a fever so, yeah. dream to watch that yeah. one yeah and I, I mean the plot on that one is she wants to be pretty like her mom but her mom says like oh you're years away from that and they're watching a nature documentary about butterflies going into like 
a you know a, a, co- cocoon. a cocoon sitting coming out butterflies, and so she zips herself up in a suspended sleeping bag to emerge a week later and be beautiful, and she is a butterfly. But like in a Ren and Stimpy cartoon, this would be like a full fucking Cronenberg movie or something. It would be something way grosser and weirder. Um, but yeah, she buffalo bills out of this sleeping bag and becomes a butterfly. And then there's a live action element to it with the scientist guy, which felt very SpongeBob to me. Yeah, they sometimes mix characters. in actual people. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. Like, there's just a, a giant mesh of styles. They're just kind of throwing everything against the yeah. wall with this one. It, it's it's definitely got a unique style. And a lot of the plots of the Life with Loopy stuff would always be pretty fantastical like that. And it's just, it's all it was always a strange one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess they had to throw one in there, like, for girls, I guess. Because, I mean, it's definitely a show kind of for everybody. I mean, yeah. I mean, though it it focuses on like loopy but it's always told from the perspective of her brother yeah sure. you know yeah, yeah I, so. I i dug it overall I, I even thought the henry and june stuff was pretty good yeah it was fine yeah yeah so pretty, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 surprised it was like a, a blind spot for me because mm-hmm. i, I kind of watched everything when i was a kid i didn't get my hands on anyways and, yeah i mean it's fun yeah this was really good this was a, a cool one to yeah, visit. it was fun to go back and Same. see these things i'm like wow i haven't thought about this in 20 years yeah yeah that's fucking wild yeah I was, yeah i was really happy to revisit this one it's yeah the, a, i mean this easily fits fun. within the rotation of like rocco's modern life and all, yes. all that stuff mm-hmm. like totally. the, the weirder sure. more like experimental uh animation of yeah i mean you could find a whole bunch that are just like like you said experimental uh shorts or something yeah, yeah. i think there's a lot like that yeah it's good though very cool yeah all right any other thoughts that's it. I don't think so. All right, change it. Good blam. Once you spot those golden grams with that sweet touch of honey and that graham cracker crunch, you'll go to great lengths. Golden grams. You're not just good, you're golden. Yeah, play, play all of it. Yeah, hey, play, do, yeah, play just, the whole song, but sing it well. Just do the beginning and then uh, the rest of it. Uh, how's it go? They say misery. Okay. Love's wow, company. That, it, that really is. So that's just like, really that's what, what I've got to beat, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, that ain't it. That ain't it either. Let me take a. Steven Seagal taught him to play guitar. <laughs> well, he sure didn't teach him a keto because he doesn't know either. <laughs> Let me try that again. Take your time. Someone should have said that to them. <laughs> <laughs> Were we rolling on the rehearsal? Go ahead. Say misery loves company. <laughs> we could start a company. Right, we could start a company and, and make, make misery, misery frustrated, incorporated. Ugh. Ugh. 
I know just what you need. I might just have the thing. I know what you'd pay to see. Not this. <coughs> Put me out of my misery. I'd do it for you, would you do it for me? We will always be busy making misery. Ugh. <laughs> that wasn't as bad as it could have been. It's it's better than the regular song because it stops there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's... Dalton, defend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let's let's play the game where we all defend play our opposite <laughs> opinions. Okay. All right. I think this song is a diamond in the rough. I think I it's a gem. I have been hard. I've never I run out of dick. Hard. Hold on a second. You can't do that one. I've got a lot of dick, and this song gave it to me. There's and limits this, to the negation. <laughs> this song is very, it's well done. It is not off-key Bob Dylan singing Nirvana light music. It is, that's not what it is. It is unique. And it is its own. It stands on its own two legs as a big pile of shit. I hate it. Whoa, I don't like whoa. it at all. Okay, okay, but talk about slipping. the video, though. Oh, okay, the video is bad. No. No, it's bad. It's always been it's, bad. It's always, it's always been, been bad. bad. It's so bad. we're doing Misery by Soul Asylum this yeah. week. And I was uh, miserable watching it. Yeah, so, uh, this is a song that was... Uh, Made in 1995, along with the video, um, Soul Asylum is a band that was founded in uh, 1981, and basically they were a punk band um, all the way up until the very early 90s, um, and they are most well known for Runaway Train, um, kind of a, not a one-hit wonder, but that's what no. they're most well known for. Uh, they're not terribly dissimilar from Goo Goo Dolls that we covered in the past, where it took a long, long time, but they finally got like a giant hit and then had a really hard time following up on that. But I think Misery is probably the closest they get to it, and Black Gold, maybe. Um, so I I have never, ever had much of a take on this song. It, po- it populates like in playlists of mine because I, can, I know it by ear, but I've never actually cared for it with any other part of my being. It just sounds so iconically 90s that it's like, yeah, why not? Throw it in there with like fucking better than Azrae. What, what difference does it make? I'll listen to it while I'm doing something to take my mind off. But if I'm like in a car, it's getting skipped. Like where my focus is on something, it, I'm skipping it. Yeah, it's like if Collective Soul comes on for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, that's that's definitely reminiscent of a specific time period in music, but I don't want to listen to it again. Or like anyway. Alice in Chains or something. Yeah. Huh. Um, so I will say this. The song and the video, which I had never paid much attention to, I finally watched the video, and I mean watched it, watched it this morning, and basically what it is, is them performing for a bunch of young, like, grunge alternative kids, right? It's a live performance, and then it's intercutting with stuff from a high school, and then intercutting with stuff from a factory. The with, CD factory, where they're manufacturing their CD. They're, where yeah. they're manufacturing their CD, and... What, it finally clicked into place what it was that they're trying to do with this. What it is, it's an intentionally 90s sounding song that's also upbeat, that's talking about like mutual suicide and like the manufacturing and the profiting from selling fucking alternative grunge music, selling Nirvana, like making a profit profiteering off the idea of like guys wearing flannel and appealing to 
disenfranchised generation up X. jeans kids yeah. right like we'll create the cure we made the disease is right one of the lyrics and the song. if anything this thing is a complete self-aware satire yeah and it's a lot like last action hero with arnold schwarzenegger to where as early as 93 like two years after t2 he's already like poking holes in this entire genre of how stupid and over the top this thing is and it's considered a giant flop and a failure, but really it's kind of brilliant. I'm not saying this thing's brilliant, but what they're doing in 95 is saying like, this is all bullshit. Like you're basically trying to, to put the idea of the 90s and Generation X into a package and sell it to these kids when really what we should be doing is just playing live music because the videos we make and even some of the sounds that we've got now we're having to fit into this box of the 90s because like i said these were like a, this is a punk band all the way up until i guess 1991 too maybe mm-hmm. so they're basically selling an up or they're selling a very depressing song in an upbeat way it is not just a 90 sounding song to be a 90 sounding song i think it's very self-aware what they're doing here that doesn't make it a good song to listen to that's exactly what i was about to say like okay kudos to you for you know talking about the hand that feeds i get it yeah whatever wow huge cool take the song is bad it's not fun to listen to it is like just fuck boring and it like slows down like two more fucking times the intro is slow and then it slows down a second time and then a third time i'm just like fuck man i would skip this song in a heartbeat i'm so glad i know this song now so if it ever pops up on one of my 90s playlists (laughs) i can skip it immediately i can ignore it i can remove it from the playlist because it is not fucking good i don't have anything reminiscent about it it doesn't mean anything yeah, to me i got you this has no like goo goo dolls type of like iris feel to for me personally right sure. like there's, there's no, no sentimentality yeah behind there's, this, there, no. I, I have no nostalgia for this and i was just like fuck man this just sounds like worse versions of other bands i would rather listen to and i cannot believe that it's like this is the one like this is the popular one no this is not the popular one no runaway train is the popular one and that's a legitimately like good song and not only that but like the video for that song they would put they put actual pictures of missing runaway kids up or kidnapped or whatever whatever the situation was right they put those up and they ended up finding like 11 out of 26 kids in that video and every time they would find one they would go back and re-edit the video to put a new picture up of a different kid yeah that music video was like attributed to finding 20 something kids eventually totally yeah Uh, and i mean that was an actual interesting song i think i literally think this is a swan song fuck you to the music industry by Soul Asylum because they have been a punk band. They've been playing crowds and like enjoying themselves and probably living on the fringe, you know, just barely yeah. getting by. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they have a hit with Runaway Train. And instead of chasing that glory, they make a fucking video showing like it's not just like a, a blank CD that they never show. It's their music and they're packaging like this bullshit idea of unhappiness but they're putting it in a pop song because like you said, it doesn't have any like movements that are fun. It's not, it's catchy, but it's borderline pop. I mean, it's not like remotely. 
it it's borderline pop. I mean, it's got it's got a, it's got an alternative sound to it, but it's so upbeat and silly, and you really don't even listen to the words. But they're saying no. You know, I listen to Frustrated Incorporated a lot, which is a, a really stupid, catchy thing. It's it's yeah, an this, easily like the labeled song thing. Screams, I'm 14 and this is deep. <laughs> it it I do, man, I don't think that's what it's doing at all. I, like I said, I'm not saying. I think that I, if it were doing it in earnestness, then it would scream that. But I don't, it, I agree with you that I don't think it's being earnest about no it's lyrics no sure but and you know then in best case scenario like yeah you said your piece you just made a bad song to do it like that's fine i, 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 think I don't even think this was a song really to that they intended to get as popular it as to it be did good. no yeah, I, I think I, this, I, I, no, I, I, no, they're saying popular no it, right i sorry by good i mean like an actual like consumable yeah, yeah. So, so, something that you like you think like oh this will garner like fans and attention no like, no I, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely no sure. side uh, surprised by that yeah I, th- I think this is what they're saying is like this is what you want them but go fuck yourself but but my my to my point what i'm getting at is like when you're saying that it pops up on your 90s playlist yeah like would not ever fucking make it never that's would, fine uh, yeah, yeah. wouldn't ne- like this would never be on there i think it popped me. up on mine more so like i had 150 that i knew i wanted on there and then like spotify's like oh what about these and then you would listen for a second and you go oh yeah that's a 90s song for sure that like i don't completely hate so you put it on there but really do you ever want to listen to it and it's like no i think the entire like universe this song is set in is so jaded and not particularly good it's just i, I what i'm saying is i was tricked too because it sounds 90s and I never really paid much attention to it. It's kind of like, it's fine. In passing, it's fine. But that was the whole point of the song was them basically saying like, here's the sound like literally like packaged in a can for you. Here's the 90s in essence, the very sound of it, but homogenized because it's not that interesting it's not nirvana because nirvana's right. got a certain I, like honesty to it that's like sure. shit that's good like I, I i understand what you're getting at but to me it doesn't feel like 90s like catching that feeling in a bottle it doesn't have that nostalgia for me i don't have that sentimental attitude towards it it doesn't remind me of a fondness of that time period it makes me think this is a shitty version of it. And that is it. Not in the sense of like, yeah. you know, not in the sense of like, oh, I get it that you're saying that this is what standard, like, mega million dollar, like, companies want to manufacture and, like, produce on a pallet and ship out to everybody. But even if that were the case, this ain't it for me. I mean, yeah. maybe some someone just really fucking knocks it off to the song or whatever. But I, like this, m- maybe this, the time has more to do with it because it's '95, and I mean, grunge starts in like late '91, and I mean, it had a really good staying power because it produced like the the Northwest bands, like the uh, the Seattle bands. You've got like Pearl Jam, and I mean, Nirvana comes out. And like all of these really, really iconic grunge bands come out. How many fucking thirteen-year-olds do you see with the fucking smiley face shirt still? Yeah, yeah. that shit's yeah. everywhere. Oh god, it's, I mean they, they mass produce. I see yeah. people. I saw people in fucking Hawaii that had bought like Nirvana shirts from Target. Like it, right. it's, it's like uh, is it's it's as, as iconic as like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or yes, something. Yes, it's as merchandised as <clears throat> yeah. Star Wars is basically. Yeah. Where like you go to the clothing section and maybe not toys, obviously, but like you go to that clothing section. And it's like here's your nerd culture section and grunge alternative culture section. Right. And it's like yeah, it's right next to the fucking 
Stormtrooper hoodie or whatever. I, I, I give Soul Asylum credit. I hear what you're saying. It doesn't make me like want to listen to the song more because of the intentionality behind it. But I think what they're saying is in 95 is like, Bud, this shit's become corrupted. Everyone's just like making a lot of money from this now. There's no honesty to this anymore. And fucking pop music is coming, guys. Like in a year or two, you're going to have shit like Corn and you're going to have shit like Britney Spears and NSYNC. Like they're going to at least be in their infancy stage. But that kind of feels like this the case with like every genre of music, doesn't it? Like everything is so merchandised and sold to a point to where like there are the, you know, run of the mill, made in a vacuum manufactured sounds singers artists you know bands whatever you, yeah. you want to call them like that's kind of the case with everything so it's not really like you're saying anything new right it just happened to your genre it happened yeah. to your punk music or your grunge music or whatever so eh okay yeah I, I guess that's maybe what it was is maybe they saw the punk scene die too because they were a huge part of that i mean not a huge part in that like they're known for it uh, primarily that's but, probably what they maybe operated within yeah or like the, and sought then, out themselves then then they got on board with this and they were like this shit that's not going to last even five years like this shit's already become like so processed and like so fucking like auto-tuned in a way that there's no honesty in this either i'm getting out and this this is like their their fuck you because I don't think they really ever do anything after this i mean if they do it has nothing to do with the sound they had been messing around with for the last three or four years so i think what they're saying is if you're gonna play music fuck the studio just go to the stage like like a punk rock band like go play for an audience they're they're gonna come and they're not sure and but a lot of people do that anyway right yeah like it, it just kind of seems like bands weren't making money from cds they were making money from from touring like touring right yeah mm -hmm. but it, it just kind of seems like i don't know when artists get on that whole kick of like jerking themselves off to like s send a message or like say something it's like okay and yeah it's like it, bud like dropping the fucking bucket like literally everyone is playing this game that's what they're out here doing and you even did it too like if you're out there like profiting off of anything otherwise you'd be donating all your fucking money over to a charity or something maybe, like that. maybe that's what they're trying to say though, is we were we were just as bad of a part of it as anyone else I mean, was. maybe so yeah. and in that case Probably. like yeah uh, you i'm sure their label are, did right? not love them since the video i'm sure the song they were like i don't know what they're talking about it seems kind of cryptic misery incorporated like it's catchy though so the words hide behind the actual sound of the song and I'm not saying either one of those are deep or wonderful or anything, but yeah, it, tri yeah, yeah, yeah. it tricked I, their record yeah. label because clearly yeah. that's not a good endorsement for, for the music industry. I mean, it gets people talking about it, right? And, yeah, and, it and publicity in the end. Is, and MTV played it, and it's like... Yeah, I mean, fuck, what do they care? Hey, bad oh, news is good news. There's no bad news. Exactly. You know? Oh, no. People are talking about right. how many CDs and how much money we make. Oh, no, they're going right. to go buy the song now to hear <laughs> us. Fight clubs about, like, anti-capitalism and consumerism. They literally make a fucking Xbox game two years later, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think that was the intention see, of Chuck Palahniuk, but okay. That, you see what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the every, of, every college yeah. kid had a Tyler Durden poster on their, like, dorm room wall yeah, and it's fucking like red leather jacket sales <laughs> skyrocket <laughs> like that's not what they were going for here exactly so yeah. like that that that's my whole spiel with like the intention behind it or whatever uh, aside from the fact that i just don't really care about the song that's fine it's kind of whatever you know out of all the songs we've covered i mean even blue bega it's like i had a lot to say about I, that yeah, because don't, it's stupid don't mismarch blue bega no I, I would never fucking blue bega made two songs they are different. He made uh, 200 songs and none of them are different. <laughs> do you have any thoughts at all? I mean, I, I think we Ever? covered it pretty well, but do yeah. Jesus. Do you have anything you want to say? 
Frustrated. Incorporated. Come on. No, you were doing so well there. No, I think you, I think you covered it. No, I mean I'm kind of mad on the song. It's it's whatever. It's, it's not yeah. It's not fun to listen to. It wasn't when I first listened to it. I mean, you know. But I mean, do you have any thoughts on on the the? It video doesn't really mean anything? anything to you, right? Like, it, it was this ever like a song that like played in the background? I never of, like, listened to this it, song. I never really heard this song that's, before. Now, yeah. It's just I mean, kinda... they're, but you know, they're not the greatest band ever. I mean, they're not no. like puddle of mud or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no, they they are they are the we'll epitome of like a one hit wonder. Yeah, give me that ox. But I, I was just thinking with the parallels between this and like Google Dolls that I don't know, maybe you would have something i don't know are there parallels between this and Goo i mean Goo with, with the with the Goo Goo dolls basically trying to chase a song with a different sound i guess and then these guys were basically the, uh, the antithesis to this saying like uh, no because i am sure they made runaway train and the their people were coming to them and saying we need more of that and it's like guys that was a fucking fluke like we don't sound like that. I, I think it's just as authentic and genuine for people like Goo Goo Dolls to chase that again, right? Like, I, I feel like that's something that would be natural to want, to, like, strive after, like, have ambition, want success. But after a while, they just, they didn't chase it. Um, they didn't really yeah, care yeah, about yeah. doing it I don't, it I don't mean, like, they, they, they're still doing it to this day. I just yeah. mean, like, I would be just as willing to be, like, yeah, man, like, get after it. Do your thing. Like, I guess. Li- live yeah. your, li- like, make your money. Do your thing. If it, people it, it want depends it, on they'll how buy it. ambitious you are, how bold you are, and all that. I mean, to reinvent yourself every, like, two or three years and have a completely different sound and, and be willing to, like, ostracize your fans from, you know, well, a certain it's like, sound. It, you know, it, in the, in the, I in the mindset of like oh I'm ostracizing fans because in two years I've got like a slightly different sound or whatever you know look at like Maroon Five or something right. like that where sure. like it's just changed to be very like poppy or whatever but you know if you had a guy come along or a band or whatever come along and they're like yeah you know we're just feeling this new type of vibe we're just doing that everyone would be like oh so brave to do something different oh so so different to like not just play the same three chords over and over or make the same song over and over it's like as long as long as i am like an artsy dick about it all of a sudden it's like something to be proud of that i'm trying to sound different occasionally but then in other people's case where they're like, you know, following markets and trends and, you know, chasing whatever like success it means to them. All of a sudden those people are like evil shit bags or whatever. It's yeah. Like, like, like even like Jewel, Jewel had the whole, when she first came out and it was all like, yeah, she lived in a, a car in Alaska and, you know, wrote a bunch of like poetry down on cocktail napkins. She was like a singer songwriter kind of like after the model of Sheryl Crow, I guess, back in 96, 97. And then like in the early 2000s, she has a song about selling out. And in the video, she's like, you know, Miss Tits and Ass of the Week. And she's dressing like in, you know, borderline lingerie and like revealing clothing. And she's the whole message is, is like, just sell out. And you think it's being satirical. But then she keeps up with that trend for like two, three years. I mean, she goes like a Gwen Stefani mode from being like, uh, kind of a you know on your own autonomous from the music industry do your own thing and get your message out to like being a pop queen but of course jewel ends up just becoming like a country star after that i mean she goes like full aaron lewis basically <laughs> and just like is kind of back to strumming a guitar and singing twangy lyrics yeah so I th- it's, I th- it's weird where people go yeah it, it's it's one of those things where like i don't like to 
I, I, I'm okay with people, like, doing their thing and, like, you know, going the way of, like, whatever they want for their own music. Yeah. I, don't really, I don't really want to, like, you know, rag on people for, like, just trying to be successful or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it, it, if, like, the whole message is just that, like, oh, studio companies are, you know, churning us out or whatever. It's like, yeah, but they've been doing this forever. I mean, that, just the, so many artists just, do that. Like, even in 2007 with the... Uh, um What's her name? Sarah Barry Alice with the I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song Girl. Oh, yeah. That song came out because her, uh, I think, I guess it was her a studio a producer or someone. It's like, I need, you haven't written a hit in a long time. I need you to get me a hit or we're going to drop you. Right. Please right. make us a love song. And then she wrote that I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song. And then oh, is that what to, that's about? Yeah, that's what it's about. And then it turns out to be one of the biggest like yeah. songs that she's got. Yeah, <laughs> God, yeah. poor thing, man. I mean, I guess, I guess like you have to, it's easier to, open up a check and cash it with a sense of irony, you know, and that like, I think people missed the point of what I was trying to say there. And I, I think that's what soul asylum's doing with this one is like, this is not us saying like, enjoy the song. This is us saying like, this sucks. And this sound sucks now. And even like Pearl jam and all that kind of shit, they're kind of just trying out the same stuff. They're not doing like Jeremy anymore, but like it's, my my understanding is that like it's up to you to make the music. Yeah. Yes, a studio can demand you to do something and like, hey, a part of the agreement is you make what we tell you to if that's the agreement that you sign or whatever. But at the end of the day, like you're the fucking artist. Do whatever you want. So like... I think it's a lot of people in your ear, though, man. Hey, I'm sure it is. I mean, look, I, and Kurt I'm Cobain. Not, I'm, I mean, look yeah, at that. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like an easy endeavor by yeah. any stretch, and I'm sure there's a lot of politicking that goes on into it and a lot of like, you know, deals and agreements and, you know, head nodding that goes along with it. But that's kind of the field you're in, right? Like that's what you're getting into when you're trying to garner success from something that is talent based, you know, like, yeah, you can manufacture stars and everything. And I think there are some that are, you know, examples of that, but in the in the case of like their genre and where they come from and everything, like then make your music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just, then mm-hmm. just do what you want to do. Obviously, you were able to because you made this song. Yeah, a lot of people, right? a lot of people did end up doing that too. There was that weird uh, title shift thing with music. I guess in like two thousand five or six, when like Radiohead put out, um, oh god, Amnesiac or one of them, and they said, "There's no label. We made this ourselves. Like we're talented enough as musicians to have done this." pay a penny, pay nothing, pay a thousand dollars, the album's yours. Mm-hmm. And they ended up making more money that way than they did by getting returns from a label. Oh yeah, yeah. And for I mean, them they to... get fucked. Artists just get so yeah. fucked. Yeah, yeah. unless you tour. Going through yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, I am... Even touring, I mean, I am so you gotta do a lot. Sure. Yeah. Like, I am so pro, like, the artist. Yeah. But if the artist wants to do what is the standard trajectory and, like, follow the roller coaster or whatever, I don't think you should shit on them for it. And then, like, no, they, no, they're, no, no, they're, no, they're no, willing, no. They're no, able and should be willing to do yeah. what it is that they want to do. It's a performance, the, I mean, right. yeah. Do, do your thing, make your money, but, like, I am so thankful that now, you know, nowadays it is you can self-produce your own stuff. A lot more people have a lot more means to do it on their own. No, I, yeah, I don't think it's reason to be a snob about and, it. Yeah, right. and, 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 and to do it, like, you know, to just put themselves out there and, like, manufacture their own success. 
uh, a lot easier. Not that it's easy, but just, you know, you're not fucking, you, you can do it just in a room in your house with a fucking microphone or an iPhone. Yeah. Primitive radio gods did it in a fucking garage. Yeah, yeah but uh, even that yeah. was like just a fucking one in a three billion chance that they get discovered, honestly, yeah. from doing it that way. Yeah, but not even like the distribution now. aspect of yeah, that, right? But, and But now with, uh, I, I don't think a song like Misery would, I don't think they would have written it today, given no, today's so. landscape. Not to say that the industry isn't still like I don't soulless think you, I, I don't and hurting think you arm, arm, yeah. yeah, artists, but you know, there's, yeah, I, there's other does. avenues and stuff. Yeah, there's right? so yeah. many avenues and there's so many like options and zones for you to be in and still be successful. Like you don't have to be a top 100 artist, you know, to, a hot, like top 20s, most played songs. Like you don't have to be that artist to be a successful and well-off musician performer whatever you you can garner success from a relatively small pocket of a following within this genre yeah, you can play Fortnite and jerk off and eat cheetos and just not drop an n-bomb and you'll make millions of dollars now so there's a lot of avenues for things and i think being a musician is probably not like too there's a far lot of, of self-sufficient avenues and like just areas for you to garner the uh, success that kind of combats that of, you know, from previous generations. I mean, now you look at so many artists have like come from YouTube or something. Mm -hmm. Like they just started off playing covers on YouTube in 2010 or whatever. And now they're doing international tours and shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Fucking YouTube's become like a giant launchpad like, for like Doty or uh, fuck. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, that one shithead uh, that did a bunch of impersonations and got cast on The Walking Dead for God's sake. Like, yeah. basically, it's like a demo reel for a lot of people, and sure. it, it can. Lo- I mean, if they're, if they're giving million dollar deals and endorsements to people who play video games and talk, they react to like jump scare horror games. Then people with actual talent, why shouldn't that be a proper launch pad? So Well, I mean, even if even if your talent is couched in like commentary like content, like that's fine. You know, if you're an interesting, entertaining person, then sure. you will can garner an audience easier than before. That's a that's it's very fortunate that like you know now it's not fucking 1992 and it's like well we got a cd what are we doing well it's like, it, let's it's, go um, hand it out by hand to the local radio stations and hope <laughs> someone plays it on air and then yeah. hope someone likes and then hope. sleep outside some studio like johnny cash style yeah. yes dude like me you know you no. don't have to do that well i mean i think what we're talking about now though is also like periphery entertainment i mean even our sure even a podcast what we're doing sure. right now is like I listen to these when I cut the fucking grass and can like barely hear them. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter if you miss some words because it's just something to do while you're doing something else, while you're cutting vegetables up, you know, making dinner. Sure. It's in the nineties. It's like, if, if you had something, you watched it. If you rented a movie from Blockbuster, like that was the thing that you was, yeah. that was your right. night. That was right. your weekend. And yeah. right. So like everything, not to like be wax nostalgia too bad about the nineties, but there was like, you were very limited. Like, this is what you had. If you played a Super Nintendo game, it was probably at, like, some kid's house that had one because you were broke at your house. We didn't have... We had a Sega in my house. So, like, going to a kid's house that had Coke in his fridge and, like, a, a carton of Super Nintendo games under his bed, that was, like, the big... That was a fucking treasure trove. Dude, I remember going to my buddy's house when I was, like, nine... And we were, I, I only had Sega, which uh, Sega does do it better. 
But it, it does hey, what Nintendo don't. It it you know. it do do what Nintendo don't. Yeah. But we, we he had an N sixty four and we were playing. I should write that down. We were <laughs> we were playing Super Smash Brothers and I was in an upstairs room which was like foreign to me. Oh, I was yeah. like, how does have two stories? Yeah. And Where's we get the that cave? <laughs> yeah. We we went upstairs and I was like, you keep cars and pool tables up here. Uh, and he he sold had, you a pool pass on the roof. You're playing you're playing N64 up there and he's got a mini fridge and I was like, you're so yeah. fucking rich yeah. that you keep drinks oh, in a separate container. Are for you, you Ferris Bueller? <laughs> so you don't have to go downstairs stairs and yeah. get another one that's crazy you don't have to see your mom we woke up in the morning and his mom's like i made you guys toaster strudels right I was like, what the fuck yeah and she puts that shit down and has like the frosting in the hot package that goes over and everything i was like this is you're a king like you're living like a fucking <laughs> yeah. king right now and of course the kid like in my situation you go to his house and he was like two years older but two years older in like 1994 is like a badass motherfucker who's like 29 because he's a part of something like he's going to the mall. So when we yeah. would go over there, he'd be like at his friends wearing flannel at the mall and we go to his his house so and he'd cool. be gone. And when he was gone, that just meant like free fucking wide open free range right. on all the Super Nintendo games and his Cokes in his fridge. And they had like good they had like Fritos and shit. They didn't get like Kroger brand stuff. And it rocked. But whenever yeah. he was there, I'd be like, oh, you got Prince of Persia and you got Super Mario Kart. You got this and this. And he would just have this kind of like, eh, attitude. Right. Like, you can have all that. I don't want but anymore. I, 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 dude, I remember so fondly, like, I'm playing Sega and I got, like, a wrestling game on my birthday. And that meant that that is what I was playing for the next three fucking correct, months. Correct. And I'm a playing birthday that, or Christmas, yeah. I'm, I'm playing that until the next holiday where I get another yep. video game as a gift. A hundred percent. And I'm putting like 400 hours into a game that is essentially the same game right. every 30 minutes. And it could be shit, but you get so good at it, it's like, yes, who cares? And that's yeah. why all this flippancy now of like, Eh, it's okay. You get to six, and it's like back in the '90s, that motherfucker would have been a sixty out of ten because that's what you had. Yeah, you could, you could just. I don't like this video. Click a new one. Don't like this movie. Put on a different one. Yeah. Don't like the game. Yeah, I only put nine hours into it. I'm like, gonna throw no, on another no one. Or everyone player. just seems Jesus. like miserable now because like you hear so many stories about like. Yeah, we just uh, got on Netflix and looked around for a while, and we just ended up watching nothing. It really is the epitome of like, There's God, too we, much have, shit. we have derailed so much Instant off of yeah, We're not talking us. about this song <laughs> but, anymore. But we, well, no, no, let's keep going because I'll I'll use this for something else. But, it's fine. But it really is like the the moment that sets in, and it kind of started happening for me around the time that I had like Xbox, PlayStation Two, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Early when 2000s, I, when I was when I, yeah, yeah, when I was older, like mid to late two thousand when I started like my parents would bring home like a case of video games that they would get from like a garage sale or something like yeah. that that they when, bought when for, like, they were like paperweights was, at that yeah, point it was like ten dollars right. for like 40 games right. or something if you wait 20 years they're worth like 200 out of package but it's like everyone at that point my brother gave away a box of Sega games and I mean in case with with manual I mean complete in box shit I had like 60 of them and he just gave them away somewhere yeah. And I look at some of them now every now and then, like I'm taking a shit and I get on eBay and it's like, what is the haunting starring Polter guy worth now? And it's like $279. Yeah. Like just the, just oh. the, I'm like, son of a bitch. It's, it's, it's wild. But like, 
in in that time, it, you know, it's such a stark contrast because that is the feeling that you have now and like I have so much content that I could consume that yeah. I could have access to it's right at my fingertips the word backlog my, is like a regular yeah. term people say yeah, now my, <laughs> my phone my computer everyone's just jaded about the content they consume I don't have enough like, time to consume all TV of this. sucks every movie that comes out sucks all the games are just shitty because this and this trend right and, and people are making money from the, a channel on YouTube saying how shitty everything is. Like I uh, that new trailer for Wes Anderson has so many like negative comments about <sighs> how they're upset because it looks like a Wes Anderson movie. What the, the fuck, fuck did you expect you think it was gonna be? What? Yeah, it's gonna look like a fucking storybook play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless there, they say like, like he's making Avatar three or something, it's like we yeah, of course, of course, it's like symmetry and centered angles and like like fucking fuchsia colors and stuff in the desert. Of course, it looks like. Of course, Bill murray's in there somewhere but you see you know you have like yeah you have a backlog of just like potential entertainment avenues yeah you've got like a hundred fucking games and i do, i even do it now like i've got so many games free on steam that like <laughs> yeah i have n- so barely touched or never touched or j- like just i will never play again i i have like barely dabbled in them and i'll just go play a game that i've played a thousand times yep I'll I'll go play something sure. else that I've put a hundred hours into because I'm just like, eh, I kind of just want to browse and then I'll play nothing. Right. Hey, fuck, man, it's so it's so wild compared to like yeah. you get that wrestling game and I spend the first twenty minutes. I'm like, you could like- change <laughs> the color of your wrestler's pants. Like you could actually <laughs> change the color. You can make a lime green. There's no rules. It's not illegal to make his pants lime green in the game. You can do it. I'm gonna do the Stone Cold Stone now. I was I, I have like <laughs> ten hours into God of War Ragnarok or something. <laughs> And this morning, and every Saturday morning, I'm drinking coffee. I was playing Sega CD and watching the Ghostbusters cartoon. And that's what I was doing with my time because that, to me, that's better than playing like a 60-hour fucking game that I'm just not that invested Dude, in, man. I did, I did the same thing with that Hogwarts Legacy game. Like, you, you know, she she has put 90-plus hours into it, yeah. consumed everything in the game. Platinum or whatever. I, yeah, she's almost God. got it a hundred percented. I have put ten hours in the game, and I haven't picked it up in a few weeks. And my thought about it is that, like, yeah, I like the game. I would like playing it again. <laughs> I probably won't fire it up though. I'll just go play no. something with my buddy. Yeah, I'm just gonna play super sure. hot for the fifth I'll just, time. I'll, I'll just go play something else. I'll go play League <laughs> of Legends. I'll log on World of Warcraft. I'll I'll play Conan Exiles with my friends or something different. Yeah. I'll just anything that engages with like other people because like yeah, for play me, Left for Dead for, for me like to the sit time. down and play like a single player RPG game. Yeah. That is like open world, tons of shit. It's just like laundry list of stuff. I open up a map. And I see how many watchtowers are in Far Cry, and I'm just like, ah, dude, I don't want to do any of no. this, man. No, no, I agree. I just, let me run down a tunnel, make linear games again, because there, I'm there, sick there of fucking doing this. There is something very, like, intrinsically wonderful about being limited, about, like, confining yourself to these things. And maybe that the podcast yeah. helps with that, too, because... If you want to be a part of the conversation, you kind of have to watch these things. You're That's limited why to these I, things. I do like doing it. Yeah. It's like you, these are the three things you got to watch for these. And when things, we roll, you have to watch them. We do not know what we're going to get. We're stuck with whatever we fucking roll. And that is, yeah. I, that to me, when I was coming up with the stupid podcast, 
I was thinking like we would just pick things we want to cover. And then I thought, but that's not what the essence of the 90s is. Yeah. It and is, then we'd have to go through the process of like there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, we curating have to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, curate that's it. Sure. But like she's all that. That's like something that maybe I would have rented or whatever. Because it's like I heard a lot of people I know they seem to like it and it seems like a teen movie. And I'm sure there's something in there for me. And it's like not really. No. Right. But yeah. if it's a if it's a movie that's not like a merchant ivory, like Anthony Hopkins, Howard's in kind of thing where like, I know I'm going to fall asleep within five seconds of this. I watched it as a kid. I watched every movie I got my hands on, especially if like it had teenagers or well, whatever. You, in it. you were, you were restricted by the confines of what your means were, you know, yeah. whatever the fuck was on comedy central is what you're watching, bud. You're not going to swap it over to a special by a comedian that you like. No, Think about gonna, like Shawshank Redemption. Like how many times you watch that on USA or TNT back in right. the nineties. Like just, I mean, even if you never sit down from beginning to end through osmosis and just watching that, Christ, you saw that movie a hundred times. I can't tell you how many fucking times I saw like Adam Sandler movies, but just piecemealed. Yeah, just right. it just all all over the place, just everywhere. But it's it, you know it's it's and I mean we're not making any new fucking discoveries here. Like yeah, well people fucking really do feel this way about old stuff. But like it's it's just funny because when I can remember being a kid and just being like. Man, it'd be I'd, be I'd be playing like fucking Shinobi or yeah, something, right? And I'd be like, man, it'd be so cool if it was like a three D world and you could run around anywhere and you could just, you could just, you could just kill anyone, you could just assassinate. Like that'd be so GTA cool. 3. That'd be yeah. so crazy. <laughs> and then Ghost of Tsushima comes out and I don't even fucking touch it's it. It's really good. Actually. I just don't. I don't. Well, it's, it's really right, good. But like, you know, you're sitting there. Like I remember being a kid and just wishing for like bigger yeah. and more massive content to be available at your fingertips to do it but then and when now, you get it it's like crime and punishment being right. given to you we're like too big too much, now, <laughs> too much. and now i've been sure hand, it's great i've been handed it so many times over and over and over that i'm like can i just go back to shinobi yeah. can, let me just play that well yeah that's i mean there's a lot to be said for that though i think that i think that I mean, that's what I fucking do. It's my hobby is like I confine myself to each year of the 90s like and I can only play shit as it comes out. So like I'm doing 1993 right now and I have a blast because I can think about like fucking Jurassic Park comes out this year. Like I'm going to sit down and watch Jurassic Park in the best possible experience and not feel like eh, haven't seen this in a while. It's like, no, I'm going to look at this in the lens of like pretend it's fresh on your mind. Pretend mm -hmm. like it, mm -hmm. this is the biggest experience you've ever fucking had. And there is a certain amount of like, you have to use a lot of imagination to do that. But that's, I realize that's the missing ingredient with now with modern stuff is I don't go into anything with imagination. I go into all of it with like a jaded sense of like, well, if this isn't good, just turn it off and turn on one of a million other things. That's kind of why like when movies come out and everything, I really tried to like not digest any content about them that's what i'm doing now no trailers like i don't watch any trailers i don't read any reviews teasers are okay to, i try to i even i try to steer clear of everything if it says like 20 seconds on the teaser i'm like i'll watch it but if it's like two two minutes and 40 seconds right I'm like they're gonna show everything I, I, I try not to consume any content for like movies i don't really do it with games so much because games are a bigger purchase yeah. than a movie ticket and like for certain games i just like already know i'm going to play sure. them so yeah. like i want to mm -hmm. know everything that's going to be included i'll watch in a little them. bit of gameplay if it's yeah, like 16 yeah. minutes of gameplay i'll watch like two right I'll, well, I'll like actively seek out things that like if i know i'm gonna play it i don't care because i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna right. eat all this um 
But yeah, for movies and stuff, I try to go into it fully blind because like I don't I don't want to know everything about it. I don't Man, want to have this. They are bad about it now. They're yeah, really I, well, bad oh, about dude, it. It's like, I think fucking, it depends on which movie. I, uh, you got to curate which movies you do that with because some aren't and some are. Hey, well, like, fucking like, Jerk Off 7 is coming out June 16th. Come read my Reddit AMA. I mean, the big blockbusters, yeah, yeah I won't fuck with any of that. Like an I, A24 yeah. trailer usually doesn't show very right. much. Right, right. If right? it's an independent movie, usually there's artistry in the actual trailer itself. Yeah, and that's why yeah. I like watching trailers that are well cut. That's sure. I like... I'm watching I think, the trailer for the trailer itself. As but, good as but, the movie. But you don't need to watch a trailer for like fucking, you know, Ant-Man Quantumanium or some shit, right? Like, you no. know what you're going to get. You, no, you know. no, yeah, especially no. something I, I don't like know when the last time I intentionally watched a Marvel trailer was, honestly. Right. Bad. Right. Real bad, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, really like, even if the movie could I stand mean, maybe on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but that was... Is there and, a trailer for that? Yeah, there is. Yeah, okay. Well... well Y'all want to roll for the... Well, we need to fucking finish talking about Soul Asylum. We no, need to wrap that we, up. We should do a clean... Any other thoughts? I don't... I, I will... Uh, uh, I, say that again. Okay. All right. You guys have uh, any final thoughts on Soul Asylum? I like Garrett's version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like our version of <laughs> Soul Asylum. That's fine, man. That was... That's good. That went... Uh, okay. I it, at least we are, like, struggling to try. <laughs> it didn't make me feel any... Misery, God, what did it make you feel? <laughs> Hard. Don't say aroused. No, don't you, don't you <laughs> dare. We no, all know that's never a fucking lie. That's a fucking yeah. lie. No, you, not at hey, all. that's a lie, and so is the music industry. All right, that's it. Change it. <laughs> all right, man, we're back. Um, I do have uh, one quick uh, side story addendum to the workplace this week. I was up in the lunchroom uh, eating. There's a little bar window there, and uh, I can see out in the parking lot. And this is a corporate, like, entire, like, substructure. I mean, everything around this is just corporate buildings. There's no residential areas. There's no nothing. So everything's pretty wide open. Um, This... SUV comes pulling in into the main drive and instead of like pulling into a parking spot, it parks kind of like close to the front door, just off to the side, puts its hazard lights on and this guy gets out and clearly he's like a DoorDash guy or an Uber Eats or whatever. Walks up to the front door with a bag and I can tell he's talking to someone, I guess saying like, is this the right building? He goes in and then he comes back out about a minute or two later and I'm watching him because I have nothing else to look at. He walks up to the side of his SUV and it looks like he's pulling his dick out <laughs> okay and what i mean is does it he, look like it or is he pulling his dick out? uh i'll put it to you like this he was not from the mountains of caucasus and he had a baby arm he was a very hung gentleman should we dial that back no no that's fine <laughs> <laughs> i i like where this is going i like the 1950s expression you just well, used well i'm trying not to be too overt about it but anyways guys hanging big time dick and i my brain is still like trying to wrap around the idea of this because I'm thinking well, you're no, way too turned on. He's <laughs> why, yeah, why is my mouth salivating like this? I just got done eating. No, I'm thinking he's like, I'm, I'm not seeing it right. And he's pouring out a drink because it is like a elephant at the circus amount of piss coming out of this person. I mean, it's sure. like, it's like a puddle forming on the pavement that is just unprecedented. 
And I am squinting, and sure enough, it's full hog he's holding. And this thing is in full sight. What I'm saying is it's like he could have gotten in the van or the SUV and just pulled off to any corner. He could have opened the... He could have went to the bathroom in the building. Well, no, everything, everything's like key fobbed off. There's, oh. no, there's no access yeah, to anything. Yeah, I think he tri- that's what he tried to That's do. what I'm thinking is he went in and was like, can I use the bathroom? And they were like, sorry, you know, you don't work here. And we can't let you in. So he said, okay. So he went out and instead of opening. Second best thing. Opening like the. Door to block himself. I wouldn't put this in the top 100 (laughs) right things to do. He could have opened up the passenger door and then the driver's door. I've done that on the side of the highway. Like when you're about to piss so bad. Like I'm going to have a medical crisis if I don't piss. Yeah. Yeah. And then you at least pull over. You like open up the passenger door so no one oncoming sees your dick. And you just pretend like, oh, where's that, where's that lug wrench yeah, or I've whatever? Done that. Yeah, you piss or whatever. Did I've that even, before I came here. <laughs> I have even like at a red light at like two in the morning when everything's closed and there's nowhere to go and you still have twenty more minutes. I have like leaned over like side saddled at a red light out the door and pissed in the street at like a really long red light. I've done that. Now that is not like something I'm endorsing, but what I'm saying is, is I have done moves to piss. Outside of a car. Yeah, no judgment. <laughs> what are you what writing down? <laughs> Why are you taking a picture of me? No, this dude full on said, fuck it, and ripped piss a full bladder's worth on the side of his car. And I mean, if anyone had pulled in that drive, which is one of the only access points into the lot, they would have seen quite a bit of dick. Like... An amount of dick that is just ungodly. I'm talking like at least three, eight, four inches soft. Okay. And he staggers. Damn, really? Yeah, it's a lot. Now your now your ears are pricked up, aren't they? <laughs> I, I should say he was like sort of staggering out. It looked like he was a little fucked up or something. And maybe he he was. I don't know. This was like noon. He gets in the car and then he like sits there for about a minute. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, fucking, what are you doing? Leave the scene of the crime. Get out of here. Then he gets back out, and he staggers around to the back of the car. He Takes goes around. <laughs> yeah, he, and that's what I was thinking. Was like, is he about to like puke or shit or what's next, man? He gets in the back seat, and I guess he like lies down. And then I see like there is um, um, a hippopotamus that's hasn't been moving up to this point in the passenger seat, and she scoots over <laughs> into the driver's seat. No judgment. Um, no, every party involved with this redneckery is a complete, no, they're, they're up for grabs with any insults I want to lop. She drives him out of there. And what I'm thinking was, was he was fucked up, either stoned out of his mind or day drunk. And she was like, you just ripped the biggest piss in broad daylight, like completely unobstructed. You're fucked up. You're not driving. I'm, I'm taking over. So I went out there to take something out to my car and the piss is still there. And I mean, it's a fucking cascade of piss that came out of this guy. And there is like, a, there's like a very small moment. <laughs> where like my lizard brain, no pun intended. Cause like, she walk over there and like, you know, like a, what is that? You like, you want to put your fingers in it? Like smell it? Like, like cause I, my brain's still going like, surely it wasn't pissed. Like surely he was just like, right. You were trying to emptying deduce, a bottle. You, you were sitting there. Your brain yeah. was making, is trying to explain like away my, the fact that you yeah. just saw a man piss. Yeah, There's no way he pissed like this much in the open. Did my dog just spill her bowl of water or is that right. piss? Exactly. Right. It's one of those things where like, even if you get your fingers on it, it's just piss. It's just shit. 
you know <laughs> so it's not. just blood so i thought about it and so you decided to lick it yeah so then i was like let me make sure i don't get my hands dirty so what i was thinking was this most of the day i was just shaking my head like fucking the trash ass world we live in and then i started really thinking about it and it's like you're sitting up there eating three-day-old leftovers at a fucking corporate building, 37 years old, completely disenchanted, and this guy is working at DoorDash or Uber Eats and just rocking, like, pisses that will get you put on a fucking sex offender registry. I mean, th- people get put on them all the time for, like, pissing in a park or something and not realizing, you know, like trying to walk home from a bar. Right. It happens all the fucking time. This guy just said, fuck it, and I thought the amount of, like freedom and like liberty that guy how felt. cathartic it that was would feel envious in a way it was kind of like no he's doing better than me because i was thinking like god how low in life do you have to be just to be like delivering food and and you know rocking pisses out in the open and it's like i don't think like that at all i think that he's probably doing really well for himself he's day drunk or stoned out of his fucking gourd he's ripping pisses and delivering food for a buck with it's a like, huge hippopotamus with in a, the passenger well, seat. That's with a huge fun. hog is what he had. That's that, fun. Between his legs. that The guy's blessed. So at that point, Mike went out there to Bigfoot's car and took a piss on it. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that parking lot's getting a lot of fucking notice today, man. A lot of big things happening out there. Yeah, clearly. A lot of noises and fluids happening. Big time living out there where I was. Wow. Anyway, hey, it was... <laughs> That's nice. Do you guys have anything you want to say to close the episode? <laughs> no, that I want to close the episode. Okay, fair enough. Derek, yeah, yeah. Uh, what am I supposed to say to that, Mike? I don't know. Just tell people to rate, review, and subscribe. How do they not love it after this? Okay, uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you like the show, or if you don't, or if you don't. Uh, but don't give us a bad rating because that doesn't help us. Only give us good ratings. I mean, whatever. I don't- whatever you want to fucking do uh but give us good ratings if you're gonna rate us yeah that would be nice i guess dalton yeah whatever uh i mean if you like the show and i don't know man if you want to hear anything else (laughs) just head over to patreon you can support it (laughs) definitely it's it's you know if you got something that you just want to hear a little bit more content there you go it's there you don't yeah Whatever. Yeah, it's not quality like this. <laughs> you know, there are, there are things. There's little asides over There's there. There's less piss stories, I think. Uh, well, it's not. Mm, okay. You might want to check in uh, there. Yeah, you'd be ama- amazed at how much piss content we've got in the Patreon. Yeah. Well, we yeah. might as well just make an OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. Podcast over. Shit. Okay. All right. We'll wrap this shit Damn, up. We've already got photos for yeah. it. 